Drive Talk Radio that you control. And you can call in and talk about anything that's on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. Again, that's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. With you tonight, it's Ian. And you just called yourself Ian. Sorry, I was focused on the fact that the music wasn't like dying down at all. Yeah, you could just turn so, it down there on the on the board if you need to. Yeah, okay, good to know. <laughs> so anyway, this is Arya, not Ian. Sorry about that. I was distracted and trying to solve problems while speaking. It's Ian it's and Arya. It's hard to do, man. It is, ma'am. Yes, so, it is. We are here again. We are. Free Talk Live, as always, seven nights a week. So I don't know if people have been paying attention. The U.S. government, apparently, aspects of the U.S. government have been hacked. And oh, good. All right. Yeah, they're blaming Russia for it. Um, who knows why? I mean, they hmm. just draw a name out of a hat and blame them. Well, but just blame whatever the politically convenient you know, uh, culprit. Well, with the Democrats coming in, Russia is the obvious one to blame. I mean, if the Democrat, mm-hmm. if the Democrats hadn't won the presidential election, I imagine they would be pointing the finger at China instead because the Trump administration has been enjoying that this entire time. So mm-hmm. who knows what's really going on and who's so, really responsible? Who got hacked? Well, it's an extensive story, apparently, and they're still not entirely sure. The feds are still trying to determine how screwed they are after this massive solar winds hack. Now, didn't Google also go down this morning or yesterday or something like that? Google went down a day or two ago, and mm-hmm. then it went down again today. Really? And it's, it's unclear whether or not it's one of these companies, but it did affect 425 of the Fortune 500 companies as well as all five branches of the U.S. military. Wait, when you say it did, you mean Google's hack? I mean the, uh, this hack. The government hack? Yes. Okay. Well, How would the, that have affected the F- Fortune 500 companies? Is Alphabet not one of the Fortune... Well, they all use a software called SolarWinds. Okay. And it was compromised. And what the heck is that? I don't know. Uh, I haven't right. read a whole lot about it. I've never used it before. It seems to be some sort of... Let's get into the story yeah. then. So a cyber attack that began by targeting an IT, IT firm used by numerous federal government agencies, Fortune 500 companies, and other high-value targets is shaping up to be a historic event, according to Gizmodo. The U.S. government is still reeling after the detection of a massive foreign intrusion into federal computer systems at agencies including, at minimum, the Department of Homeland Security, the Treasury, and the Commerce Department. As one employee of the DHS's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, the primary cybersecurity agency of the federal government. God, there's so many long acronyms and agencies within agencies, man. Many government agencies don't know how on fire they are yet. <laughs> I, I suspect they're screwed, dude. It sounds massive. Take them down. I don't. I don't, I don't care who it was. I don't care if it was the uh, the the Russians or anonymous. We haven't heard from them in a while. Uh, but whatever, man. This is. I think is completely legitimate because no human beings are being harmed. No, absolutely you, not. If you hack government information systems, another U.S. government official told the site told Gizmodo that this was going to be one of the most consequential cyber attacks in U.S. history Mm. and that the feds suspect that, quote, the news is going to get worse. Another another representative of the government in a related article said, quote, it's really, really bad. This is a nice Christmas (laughs) gift. Thank you to whoever it was. The extent of the breach is still unclear beyond that malware may have been spreading on affected systems for months. It also comes shortly after Donald Trump fired the chief of CISA, one of their cybersecurity (laughs) firms. I mean, they have 4,000. It's no wonder they can't get anything done. They have too many people trying to do the same job. 
This could end up coming at a worse time as the CISA's resources are under strain and the government official quoted by Politico said there is, quote, massive frustration with CISA on a sluggish response to agency breaches. And the agency wow. appears to Shocking. be overwhelmed. Wait, are you saying that the government is slow to respond even to serious issues? It would seem so. Oh, they shocking. They don't know what they're doing. I would only hope that what happened here was that this malware that is spreading on government mm-hmm. computers is ransomware and all of their files get encrypted. And then some really brilliant uh, hackers get very wealthy. That would that would be the best outcome of this, I think. And then, you know, obviously not decrypt the files as a lot of ransomware people are doing these days. You know, I, I wouldn't have a problem with it if only the ransomware people were just targeting the government goons. Yeah. Like if they, they you know, they need to leave business owners alone. So I, I can't get behind ransomware just as a general concept unless it were only deployed to government agencies. Then I could be fine with it. Ransomware is a tricky subject. I've had to deal with it. I've actually, my very first ever Bitcoin purchase was made in order to decrypt a company's files from oh, wow. one of this, these ransomware hackers. This was CryptoWall, I think, 2.0, way back in mm-hmm. the early days of ransomware, when if you paid the ransom, they would actually decrypt your files. But then a lot of copycats came along, and they just started taking the Bitcoin and not decrypting people's files, and it became <laughs> right. it became more How do and more you trust messy. An anonymous criminal. Yeah, uh, it, during those days, you actually could. Yeah, but <laughs> the good now, old days of ransomware. Yeah, now the solution is really just just to back up your files regularly. Hmm. That way, if they get encrypted, you can just restore the um, uh, unencrypted versions. So it looks like this Solar Winds company that was, I guess, involved in being hacked. It sounds like here they're the they ones providing the service. They provided the software to the governments or the service to the government. And yeah, it the, looks like they companies. they provide several services: uh, network management, systems management, IT security, database management, IT service management, application management, and managed service providers. So like high level kind of IT network management stuff that you know that governments would want to not have to do themselves, basically. Well, and clearly they're not very good at it. I mean, (laughs) your number one job as one of these companies is to not let your customers get hacked. That's right. And they have failed. Every indication so far is that the hackers involved have the backing of a nation state with the White House viewing the most obvious suspect as Russian intelligence agencies. Those responsible built a... Although, how do you really know? I mean, what do you do? Base it off the IP addresses that came in? They're probably behind some sort of VPN, proxy, you know, tour, all of the above or whatever. So a few years ago, there was one that tried to base the entire argument on the fact that the computer's time was set to Moscow's time. (laughs) It's like, dude, that is the weakest argument ever. Anybody that wants to make it look like they're from Russia can make it look like they're from Russia if they're hacking you. Yeah, it takes like three seconds to do maybe maybe four clicks. But they don't know what they're talking about. Those responsible for the hack built a backdoor into Orion, an IT management software that is produced by SolarWinds, possibly Mm. breaking into Microsoft email accounts and other systems. They then used it to contaminate software updates provided by the company with malware in March and June 2020. So this went on for quite a while. In addition to U.S. government agencies... So they put uh, backdoors in the updates. Is that what that just said? They put malware in the updates. Okay, and they used a backdoor to put malware in the updates, meaning that the company itself was servicing, uh, serving updates to its clients with malware built into it. Correct. That is <laughs> nasty. They are not a very good IT firm, clearly. Wow. In addition to U.S. government agencies, the attackers also hit security firm FireEye, who you probably wouldn't want to hire, evidently. Senior Vice President and Chief Technical Officer Charles Carmichael 
told Bloomberg the firm was subsequently able to trace the intrusion back to SolarWinds before it notified authorities. So SolarWinds filed documents with the Securities and Exchange Commission on Monday st- stating the Orion product, the Texas very small here, is used by 33,000 entities. So they're... The software that they're providing that has had yeah. these malicious updates going For all the months. way back to March yeah. is used by 33,000 different entities, about 18,000 of which may have installed infected versions Uh-oh. from March to June 2020. Once inside the targeted systems, the hackers could then gain a foothold from which to install other malware, which can't be removed simply by disconnecting Orion. Mm. Politico reported the attackers may also have compromised Microsoft email servers used by institutions that downloaded the infected updates in order to steal authentication tokens that gave them broader access. Wow. So, I mean, the U.S. government is just getting wrecked of this because evidently they put all of their eggs in the solar winds basket. Why wouldn't they? And solar (laughs) winds. government. (laughs) Right. They love their monopoly. And they're like, hey, here's a company that wants a monopoly over our IT systems. Sounds like a good idea. I'm sure this is owned by somebody's kid. You know, this is probably a well-politically connected IT company. Well, the United States just got wrecked. The United States government. Apparently, and they're many, in the middle of getting wrecked. They said that they don't even know the extent of all the damage, right? Well, they know it's, quote, really, really bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't really tell us a whole lot. And I don't expect them to really tell us a whole lot about the extent of the damage because, I mean, they are the government. They don't want to tell us how, how, how vulnerable. Badly, yeah. yeah. Oh, and whoops, how badly we forgot they to scrub- change the default password. <laughs> we, we just use the password of password. <laughs> we, we don't see the problem with that. I had always heard that that was how Podesky got hacked, or Podesta, whatever his name is. 855-450-3733. Are you happy about this like we are? Give us a call. Let us know. 855-450-FREE, as in. Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in to talk about anything that's on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Ian. And we're talking about idiocy here, like the idiocy with the American government and 425 of the Fortune 500 companies putting their all of their eggs in this one IT firm's basket. And that IT firm clearly didn't know what they were doing because evidently I just found in a related article that... Just a few days ago, they had their entire list of company customers available publicly on their website. That doesn't sound like a good idea. I mean, I can understand you want to brag, right? Like you want sure. to say, we got Microsoft or whatever, right? Like you, But should you really list their entire list? I mean, you should probably go to your, That's, your clients first and say, hey, can we you know, promote that we're partners? It's bad IT security for sure to yeah. be like, hey – yeah, we're the IT firm that's providing the software for all of these people. So, although you know, to your point about putting all the eggs in one basket, on the other hand, if you're if you're an individual company, you probably don't want to hire more than one IT firm to sure. handle things, right? So, I mean, it makes sense to to hand those responsibilities to one person. But what you mean is that all these different government agencies also hired the same. IT firm, right. so they had all of the government agencies in the same basket. Despite, I would point out that the U.S. government has several of its own IT departments, they do. including yeah. the Cybersecurity Administration, whatever the crap it was that we talked about just a few minutes ago. Why weren't those guys handling the IT infrastructure? Because they're bureaucrats. Well, <laughs> I mean, look, the fact is, this company was probably bad, but the bureaucrats would have failed even harder. Because yeah, they true. don't have the incentive. They don't have any incentive for excellence whatsoever. 
That's tragic. Yeah. So how how do you fix that problem then? With bureaucracy, you don't have any. <laughs> so there's no way to fix the I, bad IT security problem with the bureaucracy. Well, I mean, they can hire a very very good IT firm and hope that they don't drop the ball because they're getting lazy because they know that the government money is like sweet sweet money and it just keeps coming in and you can get ten times as much as any other you know client or whatever. Maybe Which that's is what makes probably them lazy. what happened here. Yeah, I mean, it could could be. Or or there is also the possibility that this company had somebody on the inside who also made, it, true. made it possible for whoever it was on the outside to gain access. They could have just compromised SolarWinds, but they did more, said Vincent Liu, the CEO of cybersecurity firm Bishop Fox. They turned that one compromise into who knows how many other compromises that we're going to be learn about, learning about for weeks, and we may never <laughs> know the full impact. Uh-huh. And I would hope that the CEO of this cybersecurity firm understands that if they never learned the full impact of this compromise, then they That's have bad. never fixed the compromise. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> There's all kinds of breaches still, potentially, that could exist. If they haven't detected them, how would they know? Yeah, you can't just say as an IT company, oh, we're never going to know how bad this compromise really is. You have to know the extent of it. <laughs> A supply chain attack like this is an incredibly expensive operation. The more you make use of it, the higher likelihood you get caught or burned, FireEye Threat Director John Holtquist told the New York Times. They had the opportunity to hit a massive quantity of targets, but they also knew that if they reached too far, they would lose their incredible access. Well, what is too far if they managed to hit 425 Fortune 500 companies in all five branches of the U.S. military? How far could they have gotten with this? Before they, well, evidently that's how far they could have gotten. 425 yeah. companies. Impressive. Yeah. Another U.S. official who spoke with Politico blamed Cozy Bear, a hacking group the U.S. government believes it's associated with or run by Russian's Foreign Intelligence Service. Why? Because we said so. Yeah. And Yahoo has already taken that allegation and is running with it. Their As ha- fact. Yes. Their very yeah. first sentence in the article is that the United States government is still reeling from a hacking attempt by this Russian company. This assessment was backed by sources that spoke with the Washington Post. So th- they have no evidence. They're just saying it was Russia, which yeah. we've seen countless times. Cozy Bear, along with a different unit called Fancy Bear, were among the suspected Russian intelligence. What do they <laughs> name these people that? The Care Bears. <laughs> CrowdStrike is the Russian intelligence asset security firm that is associated with all of these, and it's determined that it was the one that gained access to Democratic National Community servers during the 2016 elections. Mm. There was no evidence of that either, just pointing out. Yeah, it would be interesting if this uh, hack group was on Trump's side, right? Because Trump has purportedly lost, right? Like the official numbers, I guess, yeah, are supposed to be Yeah, the electors did their right? thing yesterday or right? today or something. And I guess that Congress is supposed to certify that sometime next month. So this whole process still isn't quite over yet, but the electors came back with the numbers. So, But some people believe that Trump's going to somehow pull a rabbit out of his hat in the in the last minute. I mean, these total you know political fantasies, uh, believing this, that Trump can somehow do this, maybe... Maybe this is part of that. Maybe uh, maybe it's going to get worse between now and the end of the year or Election Day. Maybe well, Biden takes over a completely technically broken federal government. I'm getting optimistic. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. I don't like the idea that we've hired Joe Biden, who is— I haven't. Just to let you know, I didn't hire Joe Biden. I didn't either. Right. 
So that the United States government has hired or mm-hmm. that the United States voters have. And I don't know why I said hired either elected Joe Biden, yeah. who's this 80 something year old man who mm-hmm. is going to head up all of this. And I don't know about you, but I don't trust my grandmother to install Facebook <laughs> Messenger on her cell phone. Right. I definitely don't want her heading up the United States government and its IT infrastructure. Yeah. According to The Verge, SolarWinds appears to have removed a client list from its website, including more than 425 of the companies listed on the Fortune 500, as well as the top 10 telecom operators in the United States. Presumably, that's AT&T, Spectrum. So they removed the client list, which, of course, means that it's still available on archive.org. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You can't permanently remove a thing from the Internet. So if you want to know what companies were possibly affected by this six-month period of malicious updates presented by the company themselves, because evidently they didn't have anyone actually checking the code of what they were putting out there in their updates because they were Mm -hmm. being lazy. And presumably, a lot of people got hit with malware. And it's thanks to SolarWinds and probably... Backdoor rooms with politicians and someone's cousin or brother mm. or something getting this lucrative IT contract to appear like they were doing their job while making right. some severely stupid decisions. Now, the question is, uh, will the government gang hire a new IT company or will this one be able to kiss enough butt to be able to say, look, we've uh, we've learned our lesson. I mean, this was a really, really tough lesson. and We're so sorry about this. But ultimately, you know, we just made a mistake and uh, we've given you guys a lot of campaign contributions over the years. So you're going to keep us, right? Yahoo makes another really good point that hmm. anyone who started using the software during that period from March to July of 2020 automatically got malicious content mm-hmm. because they didn't have to update. You know, a lot of people don't update their software, so it's probably not 100% widespread among right. the users of SolarWinds. But pro- pr- presumably didn't they some say of them it was 18,000 out of the number of 30-something that did? I don't know. I think, that's, I think it said that in the story at some point that you read. That it was like 18,000 have. Them. I do have that here like, in front yeah. of me. Fewer than 18,000 companies were using the vulnerable product. Yeah. But these so are, that means the other ones hadn't upgraded. These are major companies, though, like AT&T, sure. Sprint. I mean, you know what top- it's like at companies. They sit there on old versions of things. They use dot matrix printers you know, through the 1990s and the odds. Probably still today some of them have that stuff. I tend to disable certain updates, like mm-hmm. especially Microsoft updates, because Microsoft updates tend to brick computers. Right. But, I've had that happen with updates. Yeah, especially with servers. I mean, they break all kinds of nonsense. But yeah, so the United States government really its saying it's really, really bad. They don't know what they're going to do. 855-450-3733. 855-450-FREE, as in Free Talk Live. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. The only show where you can call and talk about anything that's on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria and Ian. 
And I'm going to tell you about Bitcoin.com because it's the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. You can go there now and click on Get Started at the top of the page. And once you do that, you'll find all kinds of information neatly organized by your needs. There's no longer an excuse to ignore this important world-changing information. But if you are a knowledgeable crypto user, check out news.bitcoin.com to get the latest headlines of all the news relevant to you. Bitcoin.com is your source for buying cryptocurrency, getting a wallet, mining, trading, and all the other latest cryptocurrency news all on a slick and easy-to-use website, Bitcoin.com. One more time, that's Bitcoin.com. And I looked on the Wayback Machine here because it was pointed out in our Twitch chat that uh, the Dominion software used Mm -hmm. in the election this year that was so controversial is evidently one of their listed customers. I don't know what the name of their company or parent company. Dominion is the software. I don't know who produces Mm -hmm. it. But you can go to archive.org and you can find their, quote, partial customer listing, which includes companies like AT&T, Harvard University, MasterCard, Comcast, Dow Chemical, Nestle, The Economist, Time Warner, Cable, University of Alaska. Yeah, I mean, it is massive, extensive. Massive companies. H&R Block. Oh, man. <laughs> the United States just got wrecked, dude. <laughs> Procter & Gamble, man. New York Times, New York McDonald's restaurants listed as well. Oh, man. Fascinating. That's Fascinating awesome. time to be alive. They don't list yeah. any of the... You, well, here it is. Yes. The U.S. Secret Service, the U.S. Okay. Department of Defense, the U.S. Postal Service, all, all br- proudly victimized in this i don't want to call them victims but all proudly hit in this latest malicious hack. yeah i mean i don't feel good about companies being hit per se i mean certainly big corporations i'm no fan of necessarily but i'd rather see government goons uh take the beating personally i don't see much difference between someone like at&t and the united states government so to me it's like two sides of the same coin because I mean, they, they have long since used the government as a weapon against yeah, other companies. That's so true. I don't really mind. I'm not going to shed any tears over it. But, you know, given the choice, I'd rather see government uh, computer systems targeted. I mean, you know, a- a- AT&T and all these other mega corporations, they definitely do the government's bidding. They definitely go down and kneel at the government's uh, trough. They definitely donate uh, money to the government. There's like, there's not much I can say that's good about them besides the fact that they are actually providing people with a service, right? So if you, if the hackers go in and they take down Verizon, AT&T, and uh, Sprint, then you know a good chunk of the American population then doesn't have cell phone service, right? So, True. like, if they really did go in and, and attack their systems, whereas if you'd go in and hit the delete button on all of the, uh, you know, the federal government agency's data, then that's just going to be a major cluster <laughs> F as they have to go and claw out however many hundreds of millions of paper files they've been saving. Because, you know, they do they save those files. They must because they're government. So <laughs> they pay for, like, documents, professional document storage in they do yeah. climate control attorneys are known for that as well because yeah. they save the stuff for 10 15 20 years right. and they save every scrap of paper right so they must have that for for at least up until a certain point maybe it's maybe at some point some of these agencies went all digital and they don't have paper anymore but i, I imagine a bunch of them still do have archives and archives so it would be a huge hassle for them to have to deal with that and it would be amazing that would be amazing. I'm not yeah. saying you should hack the American government, but if you do, just click delete all and <laughs> let it be done. So I'm I'm kind of sad. Um, Wells Fargo is not listed among their customers, which is unfortunately. Uh, oh, well. But anyway, back to COVID-19, because this is 2020 and that's everything 
in the news. Evidently, kids are, again, we're finding out, being, what is the word they're using? Permanently harmed by substantial deterioration in children's mental health, according to a Cambridge University study. I might have an explanation for why that is, because I have a related story about a nurse who, after nine months, is excited to get the vaccine so that she can, quote, finally hug her children. In the last nine months, presumably, she hasn't th- hugged her this own mother children. Of, yes. And yeah, keep- that's absolutely part of the reason why these kids are going to be seriously damaged. I mean, we already know that children who aren't, uh, that don't receive enough contact from their parents via hugs, uh, for instance, they are likely to like kill animals and torture you know puppies right. and things like that uh and possibly go on to harm actual human beings because they are disconnected from other people. Well, I've always heard that we need four four hugs a day to maintain mental health and 12 hugs a day for emotional growth. Wow, okay, well I don't get anywhere near that. <laughs> no, I, I don't feel most people don't. I don't feel particularly damaged as a result of that, but certainly as a as a young person it's probably, as a, as a child, it's probably more important than at any other time in your life. But it's still a good idea, generally, to, to hug, your children. To hug yeah. people, just people in general. Sure. So what is the story that you have about the children? This is from the Foundation for Economic Education. And, and it's just, you know, a study that justifies a lot of the things that we've been saying over the last year as to, hmm, ah. Maybe it wasn't a good idea to do this. Yeah, maybe taking away people's smiles from them might do some serious damage to, well, everyone, number one, but especially children and especially the children who have no other experience in life beyond this crazy mask world, fear world situation that we're in. And you're not kidding. People can check the archives at freetalklive.com. We have been saying this through the entire COVID-19, quote, pandemic and lockdowns, that this is going to irrevocably... I, can't, I don't know why I can't say that one, but irreparably That's a good one. damage children forever. A new study by researchers at the University of Cambridge finds that government-imposed lockdowns in response to the coronavirus pandemic cause significant harm to children's mental health. The study, published this week in the Archives of Disease in Childhood, was the first of its kind to analyze data on younger children's mental health before and during the first lockdown in the United Kingdom this past spring. Following 168 children between the ages of 7 and a half and 11 and a half, the researchers conclude, quote, during the UK lockdown, children's depression symptoms have increased substantially relative to before the lockdown. The scale of this effect has direct relevance for the continuation of different elements of lockdown policy, such as complete or partial school closures. They continue saying, specifically, we observed a statistically significant increase in the ratings of depression with medium to large effect size. How do you depress an eight-year-old? That's almost an achievement in and of itself. It's pretty easy. I mean, you take them away from the things that they're used to, like being able to hang out with their friends. Yeah. And socializing and existing and smiling and right. laughing. Now, I understand that the, the news media, you know, and it's saying these days that kids are less likely to hang out with, uh, prior to 2020, that young people were less likely to, quote, hang out with their friends and they're hanging out online, which is, of course, not the same thing, right? Like being. What are they made? Like playing games together? Yeah, that playing sort of a thing? game or like. But being not like in, having Zoom meetings? Being in like a voice. Yeah, some sort of a chat room okay. or whatever. Doing whatever it is that, you know, TikTok or whatever kind of online things that uh, that young people do these days. Um, so there's definitely has just over the years been a decline as far as young people physically hanging out. But that said, 
this year there was a severe decline in young people yeah, physically dropped to almost zero. hanging out. Yeah, exactly. Because now you've got parents saying, "Oh, Johnny, I'm sorry, you can't go over there and play with Bobby anymore because Bobby might have a, a sickness and he could get your grandparents sick." And so now Bobby or you know whoever their friend is is a potential carrier of a deadly disease, and now that's how they're being told to treat their friends. And in this case, their own parents, in the case that, uh, that yeah. you were sharing. One of the best things I've seen about all of this is a terrifyingly good point. It's just a little just a little sticker that was posted somewhere, and it said, imagine doing all of this for a virus mm. so deadly that you have to be tested to even know you had it. And that's just such a shockingly blunt and accurate point that I can't believe any of this is still being tolerated anywhere in the, anywhere in the world. Yeah. I really like the sticker that you're talking about, and actually it's part of a series of stickers called The White Rose. And the White Rose Society was something that happened back in the 1940s in, I believe it was in Germany. It was in Nazi Germany. Uh, And so that would be interesting to talk about at a later point is the the, sort of the resurgence or the return of the White Rose Society. But there's more here about uh, young people. Have you hugged your children in the last nine months? I can't believe that's even a real question. Let us know. 855-450-3733. Give your children a hug, please, for their message. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control, the only show on national radio where you can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is on your mind. 855-450-3733 is the toll-free call-in number, 855-450-FREE, as in Free Talk Live. With you tonight is Aria and Ian, and we're talking about how messed up kids are going to be as a result of 2020, and presumably 2021, because I don't expect any of this crap to go away anytime soon. Uh, evidently some people are going without even hugging their children it's absolutely insane the level the extent to which people are going to protect each other has reached absolutely destructive and damaging levels and no one seems to pay any attention to that restaurants in new york city are basically begging the government to allow them to continue staying open like, hey we're just do- yesterday they shut down indoor dining in new york city they did yeah and they're begging, you know, for, look, we can't do this again. We're going to starve to death. We're you got to stop begging. That's the problem. That's the problem. You cannot get to freedom by begging for it. You've got to take it. And that means, or assert it. Yeah. Is that how means, I would prefer to look at it. That means taking a risk. It does. That means being able to say, all right, well, you know what? We'd rather not live in the world that is going to be created by continuing obedience and and like accepting the idea that that's going to be a tough thing to get away from. You know, that that means people are probably going to get arrested in this yep. process. Maybe some of them will get killed in this process. I wish that didn't didn't happen, but it's sort of the way of the world. Well, it's it's at least the way of the government. Yes. They kill people who don't obey and I mean that's what they do. Yes. And we haven't gotten past that as uh, as a species yet. So it's going to be an ugly violence-filled process i don't want it to be i i'm a i'm a peace advocate myself but the state is a violent agency it is a monopoly on violence and when they feel like they are threatened when they feel like they are being ignored that people are disobeying their demands they will lash out and they will use as much force as they feel they need to use to take uh to take people down uh just yesterday or two days ago i was at the out front of the governor's house and i witnessed 
the was what that is, the armed protest was supposed to be armed. There was not so much open carry. I don't know how much how much concealed carry there was, but they had three or four times as many police there as they normally did in the previous week. So this was week number four of these various different governors' house protests. And it was the lowest turnout for the protesters, so they were down by about maybe they were like a fourth of the size is what they were previously. So maybe twenty-ish. Now people. this latest one was in response to Sununu's vaccination mandate, correct? Well, the whole thing has just been an ongoing thing. After Sununu, the governor here, put in a mask mandate. That was what started them, and the idea was that they were to continue as long as the mandates stay in place. So until the executive orders are, uh, you know, removed, basically. So this the the mask mandate was the first thing, and then the vaccines are starting. He hasn't mandated the vaccine, but they're getting rid of the religious exemption and mandating uh, the sort of a tracking list of people that received the vaccine. From what I understand, and again, it, it all depends on what, upon one's interpretation, and the state is going to interpret it one way. I'm going to interpret another. It sounds like they were taking away the ability of healthcare workers to say no to the vaccine. It didn't seem to me like it was targeting the wider population of New Hampshire. I'm not sure about the healthcare workers aspect of it. I don't recall that. That was what I read. But yeah. who, who knows? They'll read it one way. You'll read it one way. I'll read it another well, way. Well, what it definitely did was it said that anyone who gets the vaccine cannot opt out of the registry. So normally there's certain RSA, there's certain statutes that right. uh, that say that if you get a vaccine of whatever type of vaccine, you can opt out of being tracked. Now that is not. Uh, that's no longer the case for specifically the coronavirus vaccine. So it's still true for the other vaccines that exist. But if you get the coronavirus vaccine in New Hampshire, and I'm sure this is probably true in a bunch of other states, uh, that uh, if you get the coronavirus vaccine, they're saying you cannot opt out. There is not a religious exemption. And you must be put into the centralized vaccine uh, vaccinated database, which will be shared with the CDC. Which amazes me because it seems like the COVID-19 vaccination seems to be the most resisted vaccination that at least that I've seen in my lifetime. Something like 45% of Americans are saying, no, we're not going to get it. And another, are they? And another 26% are like, we're not sure if we're going really? to get it. It's that high. I do have a story about that that's somewhere pulled up here. But we're well, talking right now that, about yeah. children who are being impacted by the coronavirus lockdowns from the United States government, and, well, from governments around the world, but we see it here in New Hampshire and the United States. Yeah, children, and, and they're describing it as substantial increases in children's depression. And we're going to remember, we're talking about 7 to 11-year-olds. Think about two years ago and asking yourself, you know, what would it really take to make an 8-year-old depressed? Well, the United mm-hmm. States government has figured it out. They have formulaically put it into action, and they have caused depression to skyrocket among eight-year-olds. When I was eight year old, years old, depression was the farthest thing from my mind. I wanted to play video games and hang out with friends. But then the U.S. government came along and they took at least half of those things away from the children. Yep. Depression was inevitable. It's terrifying. And also, you know, being able to walk around and just kind of see other people smiling is, <laughs> to, to some extent, it, it affects a lot of people at a deep level. That's know? one of the reasons I think, as silly as they look, the face shields are in, are superior to the face masks. As far as you can see someone's expressions. Yeah. Yeah. I'll agree. I'll, I'll grant you that. I still they, don't want to put one of those on. No, they, they look silly and they can't possibly work. <laughs> I mean, they can't. <laughs> Gravity is a thing. It's just about obedience. It's just about showing that you are bowing. 
to the so-called experts and these scientists. Well, look, some of these other scientists are saying, hey, kid, your kids are getting pretty effed up here. According to the Foundation for Economic Education, there are other studies which they say here are linking declining mental health with lockdown policy. They've emerged for adolescents and young adults in recent months, but children weren't typically represented. For example, the CDC reported in August that one out of four individuals between 18 and 24, so your college-age young people, contemplated suicide during the spring lockdowns. During the spring lockdowns! And suicides did skyrocket during the spring lockdowns, and that was the very beginning of this nonsense. And things haven't gotten much better, and now they're locking down again. So now we're going to go through round two or three or whatever round this is, depending on where you live, because, you know, some places they just sort of barely came out of the the lockdown, and then they immediately went locked back down within you know two weeks after allowing 10 people to go to a restaurant and was it the whole point of the lockdown was so that we would not have a second lockdown i believe they were saying that yes yeah well they suck at their jobs oh of course they do they're bureaucrats but at the same time there were also people who were saying this is going to come back in the fall yes because no matter what it's the flu and that's when people get sick with the flu isn't during the fall and winters uh, Are flu cases really down? Have you looked anything into that? Because I haven't. I've heard uh, people. I've not looked into it personally, but uh, from what I understand, those numbers are way, way down, which makes you go, hmm, how yeah. can that really be? So one out of four individuals, again, contemplating suicide. These are between the ages of 18 and 24. A recent Harvard study found startling rates of depression in young adults. Adolescent mental health has been particularly hard uh, hard hit by the lockdowns and related social distancing policies. For example, a 16-year-old boy from Brunswick, Maine, took his life last week after leaving a note saying that he felt locked in his house during the pandemic and separated from his friends due to remote learning. The new university... The human beings just killed 15 million minks, presumably to save just one human life. life. Well, we just lost one human life. Oh, it's okay. It doesn't matter if people kill themselves. Well, it matters to me. Well, that's what the people... It matters to me, too. But I was saying that because that's what the people who are supporting the lockdowns would say about the suicides, is that they just don't mean as much because people choose suicide. So, no, the, no, the other people chose depression and suicide for this 16-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. He didn't choose to sit in his home and be isolated from his friends. Other people said, you're going to sit in your house and be isolated by, from your friends and he until he to actually killed himself because yeah. of it. Yeah. That wasn't a choice he made. That was a choice the government made for him. No doubt. The state killed this kid. Oh, absolutely. I don't disagree with you there. Um, however, he, he did. Cho- I'm not blaming him for this, but you know, he did choose to obey. He did. Right. He could have snuck out. Yep, he could have. Kids and out there contemplating suicide, just sneak out. That's what we did when we were kids. But the thing is uh, that these people who believe in the lockdowns and are truly these fear-mongering types, the people who are either honestly very afraid or are total psychopaths and are really enjoying making people afraid because it's sort of like the two groups, uh, those people, they look down their noses at suicides. They think that the suicides are lesser people. They must think that. Because, again, if it's if all these methods that they're imposing on us are to, quote, save one life, well, we already know there's all these people killing themselves. But So they brush those people aside and they say, oh, well, those lives aren't as important as these lives. The lives of Suicide the- lives matter. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, oh, I agree with you. It's tragic that we've even gotten to this point where we're trying to figure out the metrics of how people are arguing which lives are more valuable than others. I they would, won't come out and say it. Well, I will. That's the, what they the mean. The life of this 16-year-old kid in Maine is more valuable, more important than the life of the 86-year-old in the nursing home. Mm-hmm. I will gladly say that. Do you agree? Am I way off the base here? 
I imagine a lot of people are going to be disagreeing since I just said I don't care if their gam gam dies or whatever. Let me know. Gam gam. <laughs> Is that what you called your grandmother? No. Okay. This is first Is that thing that popped thing? in my head. Okay. 855-450-3733. 855-450-free as in free yourself of this nonsense. Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. Go there now, click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find a cornucopia of information, neatly organized for your needs. If you're a knowledgeable crypto user, check out news.bitcoin.com where you can get the latest headlines. Bitcoin.com is your source for buying cryptocurrency, getting a wallet app, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news, all on a slick and easy-to-use website. All put together by the best minds in the business to teach you about cryptocurrency. Bitcoin.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Talk radio where you can take control of the airwaves. 855-450-3733. With you tonight is Ariane Ian. And we're talking about this 16-year-old kid in Maine that the government murdered because of their lockdowns and his unwillingness to disobey the authorities because they would have murdered him if he disobeyed until he finally had enough sitting aside his home and actually wrote in his suicide note that the reason he was killing himself was because of the isolation caused by the COVID-19 lockdowns executed by the government of Maine. Because he couldn't see his friends. They are responsible for his death. Mm -hmm. And I hope they understand that. But I don't think they care. They didn't care. Cuomo didn't care about the elderly people that he killed in the nursing homes. Or Look, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. You do. I mean, that's the whole concept behind herd immunity, right? Is that, you know, we got to let this this disease, this deadly, deadly disease that's killing four out of every 10,000 people or whatever the number is. We've got to let it run its course because then then we'll, it'll have run its course. Sure, some people will die, but we'll be done with it. We can go back to our normal lives. Mm-hmm. That was the idea that I generally supported. But no, the government came along and said, no, we can't let that happen. We have to try to interfere with this natural process of developing an immunity to this new disease. And we have to disrupt your lives and cause 16-year-olds to kill themselves because that's preferable, right? Wouldn't we rather have 16-year-olds killing themselves in despair and no. depression? Than- no, it's horrifying. It is. And, and that's a 16-year-old who has known the difference between... 2019 and 2020 they had the experience of life prior to and life during but younger people aren't going to have that experience especially if this goes on right so and and it sounds like it we've got a clip from uh bill gates here if we if we want we can play it later where he's talking about how yeah prepare for social distancing and masks and all this crap all the way through 2022 i don't i don't believe it will happen i really don't believe humans will put up with it through 2022 i'm surprised it's been put up with this yeah it's been almost an entire year Arya. i know but the mask what do you think they're gonna just tear them off when they're gonna be like okay it's march now we've had enough of this after they've been institutionalized for an entire year that's what this is it's institutionalization but you know humans have a remarkable tolerance for pain in short bursts mm-hmm. it's, it's prolonged pain that gets but human this beings. isn't pain to them to, to them this it is it's it an is inconvenience it is uncomfortable it is, that uncomfortable. is a level of pain it may not physically hurt but look they're being propagandized about it. It's like, hey, this may be an inconvenience for you, okay? It's an inconvenience to to have to put on a mask before you go everywhere. But you know what? If you love old people... More than you then, love 16-year-old kids. Then you will do what we say. And if you don't do what we say, you will be ostracized. 
you will be told that you are a bad person, a terrorist, a manslaughterer. Uh, there's all kinds of negativity out there surrounding the the people that don't wear masks. We've been called this crap anyway. So well, maybe that's why have. maybe that's why we're not concerned about people's reactions to it. It's like, okay, I've already heard way worse, right. dude. <laughs> I'm already used to being a, par- a pariah and some somebody that people don't like because I'm an activist. Yeah. Um, and there's a bunch of people out there that will put masks on who don't want to because they're just afraid, not of necessarily what the government might do to them, but that's a factor. But also afraid of what their neighbors will say to them and what their neighbors will think of them and what their customers will think of them and if their customers will ever come back again. Well, the customers aren't coming back now, evidently. Yeah. Well, there's there's still a subset of those people who will come back. Or who are trying to go out and shop, and they'll be upset if they see people. So, for instance, uh, Fa Keen Great, which is the uh, the local fun noodle place here in Keen, downtown Keen, New Hampshire. She's had multiple Yelp reviews from, uh, let's call them Karens, who come in there and get very upset about the fact that she's not wearing a mask behind do, the counter. Do they leave? Uh, some of them did. So one guy claimed, or gal, or whoever it was, claimed that they threw their food out. <laughs> Why? Because the the cook wasn't wearing a mask. The food is cooked. <laughs> it kills viruses yeah. and bacteria. <laughs> right. I know this as someone who works in food. Yeah. That's the point of cooking it. Well, they felt like they should throw it away <laughs> okay. to be extra, extra safe. I'm just saying, your cook not wearing a mask is not the problem, okay? If this is a deadly, deadly disease that is so easily spread, your your server not wearing a mask could be a problem, but the cook... If it's a That's deadly a disease problem. you're afraid of, you shouldn't be going out to eat. Also an excellent point. You shouldn't point. be going out to get takeout. <laughs> Are you so selfish that you're going out to eat in the middle of a pandemic that you would believe to be consisting of a deadly, deadly disease because you're so lazy to sit at home and cook? So here's more from this story from the Foundation of Economic Edu- for Economic Education. So there's an article this week in the New York Times. So we're talking about the numbers of uh, young people who are they've got serious mental health problems because of uh, the various different lockdown Let's procedures. Let's also not neglect the reality that mental health issues among younger people has been just steadily increasing over the last several decades mm-hmm. to the extent that I don't know anyone under the age of 25 who doesn't claim to have just a cornucopia of mental health issues. I mean, if yeah. you go to quit- Twitter and look on these people's profile, it's just one mental anxiety, illness after the other. Anxiety, depression, anxiety, depression. Yeah. Most of which are probably, well, definitively all within their heads, but probably not real, even the extent to which the disease exists. An article in the New York Times acknowledged the loneliness that children, so now we're talking about children here, uh, feel this year, but echoed a sense of inevitability, describing the experience of a two-year-old who, upon encountering others, says, uh-oh, people. No way. That's, this is the New York Times reporting on this. So this two-year-old encounters people yeah. and immediately and thinks, feels bad. uh-oh, danger. People. Yeah, this is a danger. Gotta stay away. I hope that's only one two-year-old. Imagine the level of brainwashing these these parents must have done to this two-year-old yeah. child to do this. Right, to, to instruct their children that they have to stay away from all other humans because danger. You know, it, was, it used to be bad, right, when we were growing up in the 80s and the 90s. They would say, stranger danger. Right, Remember? because they might be a kidnapper or right. something. No, no, don't, don't help that man. He's lost his puppy. He's lying to you. He's going to you know, take you in the back of a van and then ch- chop you up into little pieces. Don't do it, kids. It was like there was always some sort of uh, lurker in the nearby bushes getting ready to jump out and get you. Well, now absolutely everyone is a threat, including grandmother. 
including you know some stranger's dog including or your own parents evidently yeah. i would point out though that with the with the kidnapping stranger danger thing the number one best advice parents can give their children without fear mongering is just to point out to them that hey an adult will never approach a child to ask for help if they actually need help yes they will always approach another adult yeah so if an adult approaches a child for help it's automatically Something's wrong yeah so that's the best piece of advice you can give your kids to actually instill in them, you know, a sense of, hey, I, something's wrong here and I need to escape this situation without actually making them terrified of other human beings. Sure. And, and the reality of it is somebody in, uh, you know, real life who is not your uh, – who the kids don't know is actually less of a danger than somebody that they do know. So they're much more at, at risk from like an uncle yeah. or a grandparent or something like that who is a sicko than they are of like some random guy uh, jumping out of a van on the side of the road. Way more at risk from somebody that they know. But evidently they're most at risk from the United States government and its various state governments that are imposing these lockdowns that are leading them to commit suicides and and the brainwashing of their parents to manage to convince this two-year-old that people, just all people in general, Uh are a threat to them. People. The Times explains that she's, quote, part of a generation living in a particular new type of bubble, the one without other children they are the toddlers that's horrifying yes it is these people are going to be messed up that's what i'm saying Uh, we don't even know the half of how messed up they're going to be they're the toddlers of covid19 gone for her and many peers are the play dates music classes birthday parties the serendipity of the sandbox or the side-by-side flyby on adjacent swing sets yeah i remember all those fun things you did as a kid they're not doing those now while the Times rightly points out... They are out, occasionally here in Keene, New Hampshire. Like, I drive a playground by a school like every day on my way to work, and there's always kids out oh, there. Oh, good. They finally reopened the playgrounds, yeah. huh? Because during the lockdown, they'd closed them down, and they were sending parking forcers there to stop people. And that, that's what, um, in Concord, New Hampshire, they actually sent cops out yeah. to stop uh, parents from bringing their kids to the playground. As far as I know, they never did that to this particular school. That's good. I think this particular school was closed during the lockdown anyway. But yeah, every day I drive by there, there's kids out there in their jackets Good. and they're playing and swinging and playing on the slide or you know, do whatever they all it have is masks kids on? do. They do not. Okay. Is this a private school? I think so. Okay, interesting. Well, that's refreshing, I gotta say. It's right there by the Catholic Church. So it may be church run and maybe they have some sort of exemption or maybe the government just doesn't want to fight them about it. I don't know. If you're a parent out there and you've experienced some of this stuff and you want to comment what you've observed with other parents, for instance, feel free to join us here at 855-450-FREE. Or if you've traumatized your kids to the point where they see strangers and say, uh-oh, people, give us a call. Let us know what in the hell you think justifies that. <laughs> 855-450-FREE as in Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about anything that's on your mind, 855-450-3733, 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. With you tonight, it's Aria. And Ian. And you've been hearing us talk about Divi here on Free Talk Live for about a year. And maybe you want to set up one of their easy-to-deploy masternodes or stake Divi so that you can begin earning Divi right now. Well, Ian has actually set up a Divi masternode, and it was super easy. Staking was even easier. We're not investment advisors here on FTL, but we think you'll be impressed with your earning potential with Divi as compared to traditional investment vehicles. Go to DiviProject.org and get started. You can get Divi at several exchanges or directly from the Divi team. And if you need help, there's a link to their Telegram channel right on the front page, DiviProject.org. 
divproject.org. And I have to make a quick quick, uh, correction to something I said earlier Hmm. regarding the numbers of people, of Americans, who said they wouldn't get vaccinated is actually 19% who said they wouldn't get vaccinated and Ah. another 26% who are unsure. Yahoo lumped these together as one statistic of people who either would not get vaccinated or were not sure. And the way they spaced it out later makes it look kind of like it's 45 plus 26 percent when really it's 19 plus 26 percent. So, yeah, still almost one in five Americans say that they won't get vaccinated. And I think that's encouraging. Numbers are down, of course, but we'll get into that later. Right now we're talking about how kids are being probably permanently damaged by COVID-19 because we know that isolation damages human beings, especially when they're younger. Kids who grow up, you know, not surrounded by love and hugs and friends. It affects them. Yeah, they become the kind of serial killers who murder children, who murder pets. And not all of them. I mean, you're not guaranteed to become a serial killer if you don't have your parents love you uh, as you're growing up. But it may cause other problems like depression. Uh, like being unable to feel like you can make a connection with another human being. So it might not result in you you know, tearing the, the, the legs off of small animals. I would it, certainly hope not. It may just result in you being incredibly sad and without any kind of modicum of being able to connect with other people for your life. Well, before we get back into this article, let's go to the phones. We've got James calling from Florida. James, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, hi. Thank you. Can you guys hear me just fine, right? Huh? I'm sorry? Oh, can, can you hear me just fine? You're yeah, fine. What's in your mind? Oh, okay, thanks. Okay, here's the thing. I, um, I'm Ian. I, I heard you said the word Karen, right? And here's the thing I need, I need to understand about the word. Um, supposedly a Karen, would that be someone that wants to force someone to wear a mask? Or else, right? Well, it's funny. It depends on who you ask, because the people who are in favor of the mandatory masks call the people call the uh, people who are against masks Karens. <laughs> so it just depends if you well, usually right, a Karen right is somebody now, who uh, the definition as I understand it is somebody who feels entitled and uh, will complain to a manager basically sort of person about something they feel like they're entitled to a so Karen the, is a snitch in a lot of cases yeah absolutely all right because I'm I'm, I'm going over here on the web on the internet and I type in for example I type Karen tells me to wear a mask when I go to videos, all the videos are the opposite of what I type. Yeah. They're like people, the people that don't want to wear that garbage, they're the ones that, that we call Karen, man. That's right. So they that are. kind of upset. And the reason why I bring it up, because I, I heard you saying it, and you know that guy I keep telling you about named Todd Schnitt, you know, that, that fake guy, you know, we don't want to talk about Todd right? Schnitt, the talk show host? <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you remember, do you remember that video that you guys had that you talked about, right? It was a video where that lady went into a store. And she was followed outside by, by one of those mask wearers. Remember, they were harassing her, right? I've seen those videos. Yeah, I don't remember which one you're talking about. That is straight-up Karen behavior, though. A Karen is someone who stalks someone out of a store and confronts them and starts yelling at oh, them in the parking lot. Right. But guess who? That guy, Todd Schmidt, played the video. Well, he played the, 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 the sound on his show, right? And guess whose side that he shows? Oh, he's probably in favor of masks. Yes, and he was calling the lady that was defending herself from those nuts. He called her the, the Karen, man. Yeah. And that was the first time that I ever heard him. Look, that guy, I'm sorry, but he's dangerous. And this guy, I don't think he's, he's with us, man. This guy is like. Oh, he's so definitely not with us. He's a right wing oh, yeah. talk show host. Oh, and real quick, guys, real quick. Um, 
um, about, I think it was the, the, the 20th of last month, uh, November 20th, I believe, or it was, it was, I think it was November 20th on the show of Alex Jones, um, the guy Owen was, was hosting, and a guy called in talking about um, Todd Schmidt, and he showed the video, a picture of the guy, and he said, yeah, this guy looks like someone that would jump ship just to be, so the Democrats won't be coming after him next year, you know. And it's crazy, man. They Owen called him out, and he said he looks. Well, no, he didn't say that. But I, to me, the guy looks totally slimy. So I think he is I'm, a slime ball. I've yeah. actually met uh, yeah. met him in real life. I I debated. Uh, I was in, there, once upon a time. There was an event called the Talkers New Media Seminar. Talkers Magazine put it on once a year. It got canceled this year, so it had been going going on for like twenty years prior to this year. Uh, but Schnitt was there one year, and they used to do an event called the Talk Rumble, where they would invite eight or nine co- uh, talk show hosts on the stage, and they invited me up there one year, and oh, wow. uh, and Todd Schnitt was on was on the stage along with like Tom Hartman and and several other people, and we got into it about immigration, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he's a total slime ball. That's unfortunate, James. Yeah. Thank you so much for the call. And I he looks know. like one, a Does total he? slime ball. Yeah. I've never heard of him prior to tonight. He but- looks like your stereotypical fat DJ. Basically, and he and he talks like he's got you know constant uh, puke. He's got the constant <laughs> puke mode. It's interesting how the word Karen has been corrupted in this way to 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 the extent that it's applying to people who are minding their own business. According to Wikipedia, mm-hmm. Karen is a pejorative term for someone believing themselves to be entitled or demanding beyond the scope of what is normal. Okay, but so from their perspective, the these this does match Karen. Okay, so t- from their perspective, this is the new normal. And so therefore, somebody who doesn't have a mask but on... But the, the new normal is beyond the scope of what is normal. No, no. They believe that the new normal is normal. And by all evidence... They're surrounded by people who believe in that, right? Because 95% of the people I go, you know, when I'm at the grocery store are wearing a mask. So if from their perspective, they are part of what is normal, if they see you and you're somebody who doesn't have a mask on, well, by by default, you are somebody who, from their perspective, feels like you're entitled to just go around without a mask on. So therefore, therefore, (laughs) you're a Karen from their perspective, if you say something about it. Right. Like, because if you just go around without a mask on, you don't say anything about it or you don't stand up for yourself or whatever. Right. Like if if somebody confronts you and you sheepishly just put a mask on, then you're not you're not a Karen to their mind. Uh, But if you do stand up for yourself and you say, well, it's my right, it's my face, I'll, I'll do what I want or whatever it is that you say back to them. Well, then to them, you're a Karen. No one has yet confronted me about a mask, but I still have the one line that I can't mm. wait to say about them. I'm like, look, I'm a trans person. I, I spent most of my life being forced to wear a mask. <laughs> You're not going to make me wear one now. Yeah. I can't wait to see someone's Some reaction liberal. to that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because this, the liberals who are all, all about this mask nonsense. Sure. Okay, let's let's confront this reality for a second here. So I can finally show my face as I want it to be to the world, and you're telling me I can't? Yep. Is that really a fight they want to take? The liberals are making the conservatives look good right now. How so? Because more of the conservatives are they're on the right side of this particular issue. They're, they're against the masks. But are they against the masks because they're actually, you know, against the dehumanization aspects of it and the disconnects that it's causing us to feel from one I another? I think some of them are. Or is, it be, or is it simply because the Democrats are in support of the mask and they're anti-Democrats? No, because Trump was also pro-mask, just not as pro-mask. Was he? Yeah, he, he wore one on multiple occasions. I don't recall that. I remember him putting up some oh, yeah. sort of a stink and trying to go into hospitals and stuff without one, but I don't remember all the details. It's been a wild year. 
Having taken her father's throne, Sarah Calhoun has fallen out with one of her best allies, and her brother Nathaniel heads into Imperial Philadelphia with a reckless plan. Her uncle Thomas, armed with new powers and new allies, aims to remove Sarah from her throne and from the world of the living. To survive and to gain the strength she needs to fight an impossible war, Sarah must unite the Mound Builder Kings to enact an ancient rite that will propel her beyond mortality. Servant Daughter by T.J. Butler is the newest entry in the Dragon Award-winning Witchy War series from Bane Books at BaneBooks.com. It's Free Talk Live. As always, talk radio you control. 855-450-3733 is the toll-free number. You can call in to talk about anything that's on your mind. That's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. With you tonight is Aria and Ian. And I want to tell you about AnyPay.com because AnyPay 2.0 is here. It's AnyPayInc.com. What did I say? AnyPay.com. Okay, AnyPayInc.com. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. And crypto payments are now faster than ever. If you're using the Edge Wallet, HandCashBitcoin.com, or Dash Wallets, that is, then your experience will be smooth, but some wallets aren't ready for the impressive new technology. These wallet programmers need to hear from you, the wallet users. Visit AnyPayInc.com upgrade to learn why. Some popular wallets are incompatible with AnyPay 2.0. And reach out to the wallet programmers and encourage them to make p- payments perfect at anypayinc.com slash upgrade. Now, one of the best, I think the Edge wallet is probably the most widely used wallet here. I don't understand the purpose of currency-specific wallets. Uh, well, some people are fanatics. So, you know, they believe that their crypto is the one true crypto and okay. that they want to use just that one crypto. I guess so. But I'm looking at this as from the perspective of someone who is not a i mean if i had to pick one it would be monero but mm-hmm. monero doesn't work with any pay anyway because monero doesn't really work with anything well that's not true there are some wallets that are supporting monero now edge wallet does support monero sure. exodus wallet does support monero uh, but any pay doesn't yet support monero although they have talked about it it's just it's harder to implement monero because it's a different system entirely than all of the bitcoin based ones it was actually created from scratch uh, from what I understand, by maybe another anonymous creator, it seems like. No one knows who created Monero either. Well, there's linguistic evidence to suggest that it was Satoshi Nakamoto who created Monero as well. Or somebody who wanted it to sound like Satoshi Nakamoto. It's not hard to to mimic someone's writing style if that's what you want to do. But yeah. anyway, you're not wrong. The headquarters in Portsmouth for AnyPay is filled with pro-Monero signs and sure. stickers. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I think they probably have more Monero stuff than they do anything. <laughs> else <laughs> yeah you're right and and i love that about them i hope to see monero one day on it but for now you know you got bitcoin cash you got litecoin i don't think anyone's ever yeah. used litecoin here though bitcoin sv dash even bitcoin if the fees are low enough and it's worth it to you you know i gotta say um the hand cash which is the sv bitcoin sv wallet is really slick it is um, i've used it and it is sort of like if if edge wallets ever having an issue and sometimes it does because it relies on third-party servers that, well, Edge has like Electrum servers or whatever that it uses to be able to send transactions without having to have the whole blockchain on on your phone, which would be impossible. Right. Uh, and so sometimes those things go down, very rarely, but it, it does happen. So if I ever have myself, in, you know, if ever I'm caught in a pinch, I always just open up Handcash because I've got a balance of some Bitcoin SV there and I pay with that. And it it's very, very reliable and it's fast. So. It is. And it's very similar in design to Cash App. I think they borrowed a lot yeah. of the UI elements from Cash App, allowing, I think my 
hand cash tag. I don't know what they yeah. call them. It's just the username. Hashtag Aria, which right. is. You know, That's sweet. Yeah. It's super hard to get one of those. So, right. I mean, if you're going to sign up for hand cash and use Bitcoin SV, do it now so that you can go ahead and get your username locked down. Yeah. It's a pretty nice little wallet. And, and because they don't have, you know, like with Edge Wallet, I can have 15 or whatever different currencies in there. But yeah. that might mean it'll take a little longer to boot up. Right. True. So. You know, there are some ups and downs. Also increases risk of problems. You know, if you're trying to create a wallet that's holding 15, 20 different cryptocurrencies. There's a lot of code there. Yeah. yeah. All kinds of mistakes can happen. But well, Edge is also open source. It is. And so... And that's why it's compatible with AnyPay now. Yes, correct. Or with AnyPay 2.0, rather. That's right. Yeah, we literally um, paid a programmer to go in and and do what needed to be done. Not that Edge would have opposed doing it. It's just if we wanted it done the quickest, yeah. we could just do it. And then they merged the changes and because they supported it, and boom, there it is. It's awesome. Yeah. Cryptocurrency is an awesome community, man. Sure is. We've got Dan on Nebraska. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello? Are you with All us? All right. So, yes, uh, I'm, I'm with you guys. All right. What's on your mind? All right. Well, first off, what I, I guess the thing that I was going to say is, so some, I think it was Ian earlier in the show said something like that, the people who support masks are like trying to ostracize the people who don't wear them. Some are. And uh, I and watched a girl get called that, the C word at a store recently simply because she forgot her mask in her car. It wasn't that wow. she was anti mask, it wasn't who, that she refused to wear one. She just forgot it in her car. Who called her that? Another customer? I can't reveal that. <laughs> you don't even so, okay. so so don't tell me that people aren't being ostracized i've seen this uh, yeah so, absolutely i've had it ha- okay. i had it happen to me last week for the first time now it was just the first time but i've spoken with women that have had it happen multiple times to them this year so i think that people who are willing to say something to another person are more willing to say it to a woman who tends to be you know maybe mm. a little weaker and you know they might not carry themselves as confidently or whatever or maybe the whoever it is that's saying it feels like they can dominate a woman uh, but i've definitely seen more reports coming in from females uh, who are not wearing masks that are being harassed about it than men all right. Well, what I was going to say is that I've literally heard on Free Talk Live before that ostracism is actually a, a, like a libertarian kosher way of like dealing with like people that are making it hard for like a society to live. Uh, so ostracism right? so is I, a I completely, like a- you know, it's a completely voluntary means to punish another human being. That doesn't mean that I support it in, but for me personally, in all but the most extreme circumstances, I generally will pra- uh, practice forgiveness. Yeah, we didn't even ostracize uh, Christopher Cantwell. You and, and he's I an didn't. actual Nazi. You, you and I didn't, but a lot, lot, lot of people did. Right. So, like, my level of tolerance is much higher as far as, and yours is as well, Aria, than the average person or the average libertarian even. Um, I've been actually, personally, I've been ostracized because I would not join in ostracism. Because I would not join in ostracism of someone like Christopher Cantwell or of somebody like JP, one of the uh, the cop, the controversial cop block uh, people here in uh, – now he calls it New England Cop Chasers. But anyway, there's certain people who rub others the wrong way because in the case of Chris Cantwell, he's a, a Nazi and I don't support that. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I'm going to ostracize him. I'd rather show love and forgiveness and and try to bring that person back. Uh, to some level of of sanity and being able to you know connect with uh, with other people, and I don't think that they get that 
by having everybody shut them out. I think they're probably more likely to become more radicalized if they're being shut out. So while I support your freedom to ostracize, I personally don't engage in that behavior most of the time. That's generally my perspective on it as well. I think ostracism, if the case is justified, will generally solve the problem. I would also try to appeal to these people, point out to them that, hey, it's not justified in this particular case. But, I mean, I recognize their right to do it. Yep. Absolutely. I don't, I frankly, I don't see how you guys don't know how it's entitled to not be wearing a mask when you're putting everyone else's lives in danger. How am I putting anyone's lives in danger? Hold on. Are you laughing? I'm not laughing. I'm not, I'm not laughing. But you are laughing. How am I putting anyone's life in danger? Well, uh, you're spreading the disease. Or what disease? I don't have a disease. Know it. Didn't the CDC the recently say that asymptomatic people can't spread COVID-19? Well, if, it, if that was true, how have we gotten to this point where it's been spread so much? Like, I don't think that we've gotten to 300,000 deaths by people only spreading it who knew they had it. I could tell you exactly how we got to this point. It's because we force people to wear masks. They then touch those masks all the time, thinking that they were, you know, keeping people from getting sick when they had, you know, some sort of actual sickness. And then they went on to touch doorknobs and drink cooler openings and, you know, everything that other people interacted with. the masks are the reason that we have so many cases? Yes. Have you ever watched anyone wearing a mask? They touch these things constantly, dude. They're right in front of their faces being kept at human body temperature, and they're literally breathing germs directly into them, keeping them warm, incubating them, touching their masks, and then spreading them over yeah. to every the surface they who, touch. All the people who are wearing the masks, almost all of them, probably 99.9% of them, have no idea how to actually properly, medically, you know, safely wear a mask. They don't. They're just doing it because they were told to, and they're constantly readjusting it, dude. And the whole idea that you have some sort of right uh, to walk around and not encounter any chance of con- contracting a disease is absolutely ridiculous. It is, because I mean, you could get the cold from someone. Right. Are you going to accuse them of killing someone because one in every 10 billion people die of the cold or whatever? Or the flu. This is absurd, Or whatever, man. TB. But the number one thing I would suggest you do is just just watch people sometime as they go through Walmart or whatever wearing a mask. You're, you're going to be horrified by what you actually see. It's Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control, 855-450-3733. Give me another call, berate me about not wearing a mask, and tell me I'm getting people sick with a disease that I don't have and can't transmit to people if I'm not showing symptoms, evidently. (laughs) So go ahead, 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria and Ian. And a disease that you'll survive with a 99.9698, somewhere in that range chance of survival if you were to actually contract it and show some sort of symptoms which the super majority of people who do contract it don't show any symptoms whatsoever i mean i wish it's not a big deal i wish i urged to dan to check out that sticker that i mentioned earlier the one that says oh yeah you know imagine doing all of this for a virus so deadly that you have to get tested to know you have it 
I am loving the White Rose, which is a uh, sort of a return to the original White Rose Society from back in Germany in the 1940s, which they were undermining the Nazi propaganda with their own propaganda and putting putting their own lives on the line in order to do that. Um, You probably won't be executed if you're caught putting up one of these stickers, although there may be some sort of uh, punishment if they catch you. Uh, But the White Rose is back. If you go to t.me slash join the White Rose, all one word, so t like telegram.me, M-E, slash join the white rose. That's a channel. There's already 2,900 people in this channel. Now, a channel awesome. a channel on Telegram is a one-way, uh, it's not a conversation. It's just a right. one-way messaging system for whoever these people are behind the white rose to post information uh, where it's uh, it includes photographs of people using these stickers, like putting them on certain signs. And so the idea is you print out these labels. You can get like the, a cheap hundred dollar label printer and you know buy some labels at the office store. Then you download all these designs that they've got, pick your favorite ones, and print out an S ton of labels. And they have hundreds of designs. Are there that many? Wow. Well, I'm guessing hundreds. I know I just kept flipping through them yesterday, and I was like, okay, I'm not anywhere near the end here. So yeah, there's a lot of them for sure, (laughs) and they're really well done and creative and persuasive. I think. Uh, So it actually says here. Shall I read some of the White Rose copy here? So it says. It would be a terrible shame if you decided to print out hundreds of these awesome stickers, which you can download for free from the White Rose Telegram channel using this Brother QL800 label printer, (laughs) which you can buy for just $100 or much less secondhand on eBay, then put them up all over the place to wake up the sleeping mask wearers as they go about their day. What a shame that would be indeed. Places you definitely shouldn't post them include lampposts, bus and train stops, benches, toilet cubicles, above urinals, parking meters, ATM machines, and most services. Certainly not over the face mask and social distancing slash general COVID-19 propaganda posters and stickers that are everywhere now. Whatever you do, don't share this post on as many channels, groups, pages, forums, etc. on as many different social media platforms as you possibly can. And if an idea like this were to go viral, the pervasive 24-7 COVID-19 fear-mongering and propaganda might cease to have any further effect. And at the very least, you will ruin somebody's day who will be very upset at the fact that one of these stickers, this counter-propaganda, basically, is you know just smack in the middle of one of their big COVID-19 propaganda signs. It is a beautiful thing seeing these photographs here. Well, you mentioned this story from uh, this video from Tom Woods of last week, I think, on the show. And I still haven't actually watched the video, but apparently... Me neither. I only saw a clip of it. He dives into the numbers and he shows that in these places where mask mandates and social distancing occurred, I mean, there is no correlation between a rise in cases or a drop in cases, regardless of whether or not there's a mask mandate or a social distancing mandate or whether people are locked down or not. Mm-hmm. It's completely all over the place, evidently. Right. So it, it's total nonsense to think that human beings can fight a force of nature like a disease in the first place. But then on top of that, the the kill rate of this thing is 0.02%. It's unremarkable, honestly. It is. Uh, and, and that's even if you believe the government numbers. And I'm sorry, I don't. But even if you take the government numbers at their official so-called levels of what would have, he said 300,000 now in the United States, that's still less than one-tenth of one percent of the entire U.S. population over an entire year. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. And because of that, we caused a well, the American government caused a 16 year old kid in Maine to kill himself, uh, among others. That's just the, one of the more recent cases. By the way, I do have more if you want to if you want to hear from the original story that we were in. Absolutely. Uh, about young people and how this is affecting them. We talked about the two year old child 
that was cited by the New York Times of saying when it saw the child saw people, it would say point at them and it would say, uh oh, people. Interesting. Did the New York Times characterize the child as it? Uh, I, I just said that because I, okay. I don't know whether the child is. That's know. fair. Anyway. He or uh, she is clunky and they is contentious. Weird. Uh, <laughs> so while the Times rightly points out that, uh, let's see here, that the most widespread relationships for toddlers are with their parents, the widespread acceptance of peer isolation of children during the last 10 months is unsettling. Keeping children away from sandboxes and swing sets or depriving them of small birthday parties and play dates is doing more harm than good, particularly where children are mostly spared from the worst effects of COVID-19, and their risk of dying from COVID-19 is, thankfully, extremely low. By contrast, the harm of lockdowns and other pandemic policies and practices that deprive young people of social connection is disturbingly high. Ellen Townsend is a psychology professor at the University of Nottingham and has been speaking out about the harmful consequences of lockdowns and mass testing policies that are especially damaging to youth during the pandemic. She, along with her colleagues, launched a website, which is reachwell.org, to try to influence policymakers away from damaging lockdowns and mass testing protocols. She says, quote, I'm deeply concerned about the long-term impact on our children and young people, both of lockdowns and mass testing. Face-to-face interaction and play is vital for healthy development from tots to teens. She said in a recent interview, saying further, quote, living in a constant state of threat will have impacts on mental health and development also. Yeah, because this kid is two years old and he's already at a point where he's like, "Uh uh-oh, people. It is going to take this kid's entire life to undo that damage during these extremely formative years of that child's life. Sure will. And it may not ever be undone. That That's assuming that some therapist is able to identify the problem and trace it back down to COVID-19 and actually address it. But this kid is going to be traumatized. Yeah. Well, like they say here, living in a constant state of threat. Now, we know that it's not that scary because we can see from our perspective that it's this is way blown out of proportion. But for the people that are believing what they're told, like maybe that last caller, for instance, if he was for real, and I think he is based on his previous calls. But, uh, you know, people can you imagine who, being that so caught up in the propaganda. That's what I'm saying. Being that afraid of this stuff must be incredibly stressful. That's why these people <laughs> are lashing out. They literally believe you're trying to kill them. There was a post on uh, I think it was Reddit the other day that somebody shared in one of our Telegram chat groups re- uh, relating to the protests out at the governor's house saying that. Being in a crowd without a mask on is tantamount to shooting guns in the air. But it's not. But that's how they feel about it. And if it is tantamount to shooting a gun in the air, then it's only under the condition that the bullet will only hit the other people who have chosen to be there without a mask. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm okay with that. Even even if it was a super, even if we were talking about the freaking black plague here, Mm -hmm. if you had 10 people who wanted to get together and have an orgy or whatever and not wear a mask, I really don't care because they all understand the risks they're taking. Exactly. Let them do that. Which is why I say even if it was 10 times more dangerous, I still wouldn't care. No, it's not my call to make. I want to go and live my life. I'm not going to live um, cowering in fear of something that might happen. And if it does happen, still probably won't kill you anyway. You're probably more likely to get sick off of the vaccine than you are from actually getting COVID. Well, you are for sure going to get sick from the vaccine, evidently. 
Well, I don't know if it's a sure thing, but there's there's certainly some people who've gone through the testing that have said they felt very, very sick. And now people in the United States are being vaccinated. This It began yesterday, evidently. So she says she thinks mass testing will exacerbate the fears that people have. Mass testing will per- uh, perpetuate restrictive measures. This is a scientifically unsound and unethical screening program. Lockdowns are a disaster for the young and the disadvantaged, she says. And she adds further that the lockdown harms are not only temporary during this pandemic, she says they can have lasting effects. We know that loneliness, she says, is being felt more acutely by young people than older people in this crisis. The mental health impacts of loneliness can last for up to nine years, she said. I don't see why it's just nine years, but it could last an entire lifetime, I'm sure. So the Wall Street Journal reported Friday COVID vaccine trials for children are beginning, but noted the vaccines will likely not be ready for children by the start of next year's academic year. That could mean many more months of isolation for children unless parents push back against lockdowns, school closures and related coercive policies that are harming young people most of all. Look, the best way that you can push back against this is by finding other parents that actually get it. And then having your playdates and your you know kids hang out with each other and just get away from these psychos that are trying to tell you how to live. And the best thing you can do is just move to New Hampshire if you care about the ideas of liberty, where you can actually have a community of people that uh, that's with you. Although even this community has been has been schismed over this thing. It has. I mean, especially in the early days. But uh, ultimately, the anti the skeptics about COVID nineteen I think have been proven correct, and it's really not a big deal. It's not anything we should be worried about. But evidently, we could be wrong, as Dan in Nebraska thinks. What do you think? Are we wrong? Should we be afraid? 855-450-FREE, as in... Freedom! Freedom is the call of the untamed Scotsman and all others that want to feel the wind under their kilts. At Free Talk Live, we love the breezy, swinging feeling that only a kilt from Sport Kilt can give. We teamed up with Sport Kilt to let you experience their form of freedom at a discount. Go to kilts.freetalklive.com and see a picture of Richie and me in our kilts. And then head over to sportkilt.com. Get some stylish freedom for yourself and use code FTL for a 10% discount. Sportkilt.com. This is Free Talk Live, and I can't wait to hug my kids, says this, quote, frontline worker. I hate that phrase because it, it makes it out to be something it's not. <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about frontline workers, uh, healthcare workers being frontline workers, that's fine. Okay. But also include your gas station employees, your restaurant mm-hmm. employees, and all of these other people. Because if the healthcare workers are the frontline, then so so is your Starbucks barista. Sure. Anybody that encounters the public, presumably. And- if everyone's such a danger... I almost refuse to drive home a certain way uh, um, on Optical Avenue because they have signs out in front saying heroes work here. And I just find it so repugnant. I could not work at a place that put that up in front of it. Here's the most offensive uh, version, though, of that. So it's one thing for people who are, you know, doing what they consider to be essential work. I mean, I, I, I do tend to turn my nose up at it a little bit like you. But boy, it's really offensive is when it's on a government bureaucracy. Oh, yeah. And they have it in front of the county. It's in front of the county building. I don't know if it's still there, but it was earlier this year, the large signage with the heroes work here thing in front of a county building full of office bound pencil pushing bureaucrats. Oh, and they love their pencil pushing nonsense. 
They're not interacting with members of the public in any significant manner whatsoever. They're certainly not providing a useful service. Yeah, they're surely hiding behind plexiglass and everything, everything else. So, you know, it's just absolutely ridiculous. I have an appointment with the DMV. I can't wait to ask... I can't wait to see if they want me to wear a mask when I get my driver's license picture taken. Don't do taken. it. Oh. <laughs> I, yeah, during your driver's license picture. I obviously didn't do it when I went there. <laughs> I mean, they're a bureaucracy, so I went yeah. there and they're like, oh, no, you didn't get this signed and notarized in triplicates. You mm-hmm. have to reschedule an appointment, which, as I understand it, is everyone's first experience with the Keen DMV. Yeah. So I have to go back, obviously. But they did ask me to wear a mask. They said, do you have a mask you can put on? I said, no. They said, do you want one? I said, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. And that was the end of it. That's it. it. So... I mean, they're the government, though. I think they mm-hmm. recognize that they can't force me to wear a mask to be in there. But I, I, I know courts don't seem to recognize that basic right, as you've experienced in Concord. That's true. That's a federal court. Uh, the other Concord court just wouldn't even let me in the door, but they won't let anybody in. They're closed. Well, before we start talking about how kids are going to be even more messed up, because apparently some people haven't hugged their kids in nine months, let's go to the phones. We've got Terry calling from New Hampshire. Terry, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Terry. Hi there. Can a customer in New Hampshire without a mask on get a $500 fine? In um, some places, like uh, Nashua, I think. Is it that high in Nashua? Is it a thou- it's is up it- to $1,000, I think, in Nashua. But it's the business that's in Nashua. In no. Concord, it's the customer. No, 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 no. Nashua can go after anybody. Nashua's ah. the most restrictive of all the New Hampshire city uh, mask mandates. I don't think that there's a fine that is prescribed for the statewide mask mandate. However, it is... Uh, the thing they're trying to dodge is the fact that any violation of a governor's orders, uh, emergency orders, can be charged as a misdemeanor. So technically, there would be a, up to a $1,000 fine, I believe, on those. Is there a website to apply for exemption from the governor? So you don't ask for exemption uh, from the bureaucracy. You you demand your exemption. You tell them that you are exempt. You tell them when they try to confront you. Uh, if you want to, you could go to a doctor and get a doctor's note if you feel like you have to have a, a piece of paper from a, another so-called authority, right? Because if you have a doctor's note, you're throwing your authority up against their, you know, their so-called authority because you've got a man with a PhD next to his name and they've got a bureaucrat. So which authority wins? I don't know. A lot of people won't accept that, though. A lot of business and doctor excuses aren't permitted, like airlines. Yeah, it doesn't matter won't. if you have a doctor's excuse. You're either you putting fly. on a mask or you're not flying. That's right. So I would recommend it. Why? Do you live You live here in New Hampshire? Yeah, an employee at Cumberland Farms in Franklin, New Hampshire, told me I would get a $500 fine if I was caught unmasked in a store. Well, she's full of it, I think, or he is, is full of it. I suspect that's not going to happen. I have not yet heard of any individuals at all receiving any kind of fines for non-maskiness. As um, much as I hate it, I would rather see that than seeing the businesses fined for allowing service to customers who aren't in masks. Because I, I oppose fascism more than I do whatever you would – just raw statism, I guess. I mean, it's all bad to me. But, yeah, I haven't heard about that happening yet, sir, so I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really worry about it. And I would recommend just never, go to a different store. Well, yeah, go to a different store, but even if, uh, even if you did get a fine, you should fight it and not pay it because only suckers pay government fines. They'll another, usually drop it anyway. Another customer behind me said that on Governor Sununu's website, there was an, an exemption to apply for. I was just wondering no. if you heard about that. No, one. you don't apply for exemptions. So an, an application is, is begging. When you apply for yeah. a thing from the government, you're saying, please help me. Give me this thing. Give me this exemption. I need you to give me 
my uh, hall pass or whatever. And a free person doesn't act like that. Are you a native to New Hampshire, Terry? Yes. Are you on board with the live free or die idea? Yeah. Then just live free, man. Just live free. Here's what I'd recommend you do. In addition to living free, uh, familiarize yourself with your cell phone if you have a smartphone. Uh, There's usually a video camera uh, app on your smartphone that you can put on your desktop, put on your quick you know, access to where you can easily get to it. And if you find yourself in a conversation with a uh, the threatening employee or a threatening cop and uh, you are not feeling very good about that, you want to go ahead and pull out your camera and start recording it, it could turn the tables in your favor. At the very least, if it doesn't turn the tables in your favor, it could result in the person acting ridiculous on camera, which could be a viral video moment that may, you know, help people uh, understand what these situations are like. So there's benefits that come from recording these situ- situations. I personally withdraw from the situation of a private business. I would rather not record in a private business. But if it does come down to a, you know, a, a, a difficult situation, I will break my rule in that case. You know, like normally I won't rec- record in somebody's business. But if, uh, if there's a cop in there threatening somebody, then I'll probably pull out, you know, my camera and record. Sure, because it's more important to hold the police accountable. Correct. And I feel differently if it's just an employee. There was a woman, for instance, remember I was telling you that women get targeted for this stuff more often than yeah. men for not wearing masks? One of the, uh, actually the same lady who got arrested for taking her kid to the park in Concord, she was in a one of those beauty stores, like makeup selling stores, and it was called Sephora. Okay. And she was confronted because she wasn't wearing a mask. Oh, this was her who posted that video. Yeah, by okay. like a teenage girl who was in her mask and, you know, giving like, her— You're going to kill my grandma. Yeah, yeah, giving her what for, for not wearing a mask and basically saying she wasn't allowed in the store. It's like, well, just go somewhere else. But I don't think she was wrong for pulling out the, the camera in that particular situation. It's a heated situation, and you never know what someone's going to do. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I would say don't worry about it, man. Just have your camera ready in case something happens. Terry, thank you so much for the call. That's all really good advice. You should always generally have your camera within arm's reach anyway, because yeah. we do have these these thugs running around the streets, largely with impunity, who do whatever they want whenever they want. And it really doesn't matter what the law says. And I think your uh, prediction is correct, that if somebody does end up with one of these fines, that they will probably drop the charges. Because this is, I think, at least in New Hampshire's case... A big intimidation tactic by the state, but that they're not really following through, at least on the individual level, at least that we've seen so far. They don't want to go to trial because if you go to trial, you have the chance of overturning their ordinance. You could appeal, for instance, if you lose at the district court level or superior court or whatever – you could then you know, think of pretty district court. If you lose at district court, you can then appeal to the New Hampshire Supreme Court, and, and for you would better win. for worse, you could you could win that. I, I don't see how you couldn't. The First Amendment argument is airtight. You have the right to for express yourself. Speech, yeah. yeah, freedom yeah. of speech, and, and that includes facial expressions. It does, and I'm sure there's been some point. You know, flipping people off is an expression. It is, and that's protected and, speech. Yeah, so why wouldn't smiling be protected speech? Yeah. I think that uh, they absolutely would drop this, and I think that's one of the reasons why they haven't bothered trying, is they are probably afraid they could, they're could they going to lose this thing. And if they do do it, they're only going to do it against the people they think won't fight, just like why they pick on poor people, for yeah. instance, usually with most of their prohibition, uh, prohibition crimes, like you know underage drinking or uh, possession of whatever drugs. They usually go after people who can't afford to hire an attorney. 
I know someone who was recently charged with some stuff from her past, and they were going to extradite her, and I advised her. I was like, fight this every step of the way. Don't give in to anything. Don't give them anything. They drop the charges. Boom. Yep. Nice. Because they don't want to fight. It's not worth it to them. It was like a $200 fine. When they arrested us for drinking in uh, doing the drinking game in city council chambers years <laughs> ago, um, they held those charges on me for the entire year, and then the day before the trial, dropped them. Yeah, because it's not worth it. And you're, you're just going to make them look like an idiot in the courtroom anyway. It's not, it's just not worth it to them. Even if they did get some sort of revenue from you, 855-450-3733. I wouldn't pay them. No, no, no. They would just send you to jail for a few days. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call and talk about anything that's on your mind. 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria and Ian. And ForkFest 2021, just over six months away, evidently. You can join liberty-minded volunteers, anarchists, and libertarians from June the 28th through July the 4th for ForkFest 2021 at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Now, it happens just the week after the Porcupine Freedom Festival, but ForkFest is decentralized, which means that no one's in charge and there is no ticket cost. All you have to do is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June the 28th through July the 4th. And we're better to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. Last week, we've been talking about masks a lot tonight. Last week, last year, I think there was one person running... Well, as it progressed and the normal people started coming in, there were more masks. But even the person who attended the Porcupine Freedom Festival ended up taking their mask off more often than not. It's one of the few mm-hmm. places you'll probably see smiling faces this year. So check it out. Forkfest.party is the unofficial website. You can connect with other Forkfesters there using the unofficial Telegram chat or the Forkfest forum. We'll see you there June the 28th through July the 4th, 2021 at Rogers Campground, Forkfest. Dot party. It's the only place that feels sane, honestly. It's the most sane feeling place in New Hampshire. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Which is remarkable, but. Right. <laughs> Let's go to the phones. We've got Larry from Indianapolis calling. Larry, you're on Free Talk Live. I just want to make uh, one couple of points. Uh, what you said about the uh, signs that they hand out. Now, before this all happened back in October, I went through it with the uh, public health department, right? Well, when they get you into court, it's too late for you because you can't reach common law in this uh, administrative court. They have an administrative judge, and, uh, you know, I've been to court before, and I've filed certain things according to common law, but the judge apprised me before I came to court that you cannot uh, count on uh, anything in our court. Once you, uh, once you, we come out and do the work on your property, then that fine is due, and you know what they do for you? They put it on your property tax bill. So if you mm-hmm. own property, then all you're going to do is if they give you a thousand dollar fine and say your uh, property tax is three grand, they're just going to add it on to that. And when that you don't pay that, they're going to sell your property. Thankfully, and, that doesn't and, happen here in New Hampshire. Well, yeah, it, it, I'm sure that they'll come up with it because when you uh, defy their orders and directives, it's a class A misdemeanor. So they can use deadly force on you. And just like I said, they're going to have quarantine camps because it's building up to that. And as soon as Biden gets in there, he's going to have some a mandate that's impossible to comply with. And then here's, you're going to get a bunch of people going to the quarantine camps. You're going to be losing their properties. We need to wake up. 
this is not some funny thing. This is to take your property and to uh, lock you in a, 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 a concentration camp or a quarantine camp or whatever you want to say. People don't think about it, but it's the slow creep, right? They're not going to give any more stimulus. I don't think they're going to be. I don't think they're going to have to go to camps. No, they're okay. they're, they're going to put turning, people in hotels. Well, no, they're turning the whole place into a quarantine camp. Okay, if they're telling people they can't leave their homes without penalty, mm-hmm. most people are just going to stay home. So we've seen that's incredibly effective. But as we saw mm-hmm. this week from the South Australian government, they're going mm-hmm. to use technology. If if what they're doing there starts to starts to spread, where they're now mandating that anyone who wants to go shopping has to check in with a government app on mm-hmm. their phone. As they walk oh, into as they walk into the grocery store, there's a QR code that they'll print out and put on a big sign mm-hmm. at the front of the store. That code you scan with a government app from the government oh, of my South Australia. No, 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 I mean there may not be a, a security guard to stop you from going in, so we're still not sure what happens to people that just walk by the sign. But what they're being or just use a regular QR scanner to just scan it and to not make it actually, look like they're yeah. doing something. Yeah. Uh, so, but that's what that's that's step one, right? Well, is to get people used to checking in. They're calling it the COVID safe check in. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if you want to go grocery shopping, they're telling you that it's a mandate. So what's the punishment if you don't do it? We don't know, but that it's supposedly yeah, yeah. a mandate for you to scan this QR code, which then the government app registers as you being in this place, which, of course, well, they they're, all... not, they're not going to play because this whole thing is a lie because our city council, now you can't go to their meetings, right? And, nope, or, not and, anymore. And, and Monday night, they gave uh, some uh, uh, biotech company $2 billion to set up the infrastructure for their big gated community. $2 billion. They gave it to him. A $2 billion incentive pack. This is the city council of Indianapolis? Of Indianapolis. Look at, look at the, How look the hell do they bank. have $2 billion? They, they got some from the state of Indiana, and then they use some of our tax money here. They call wow. district to pay $2 That's billion dollars for infrastructure and gave them the land, too. So I don't know what people are thinking about, but... Uh, this is crucial. This is about a transfer of property, and that's what it's always been about. Nobody can save your life. I don't care how they try to do it. No, nope, you're going to die. Funny, funny jokes they make up, make up and, and stuff about this. But if we don't stop it soon, uh, we're going to be too weak to fight. And I think that was their plan mm-hmm. all along to get you too weak to fight. Yep. And then come and close in on you and start taking your property and doing just what they want to do. Because this is brutal. People don't think. First, it's the light exclusion, and then vicious murder. And that's what it's coming down to, because people have not changed their nature. They've not changed their nature. In the schools and stuff, I have uh, some statutory books there from when they had the call an emergency session back in 1934 here in the state of Indiana. They've done everything, but they didn't abandon our kids. They did not abandon them during the uh, Depression. They kept them in school because they knew that they were our future. But now all cards are off the table, and people are going along with this stuff. They better stop. With them. If they don't stop at the restaurant owners, you just think about it, guys. 
you got a restaurant. You know, a restaurant business is hard to be in. It is, and you they are. And food. suddenly, they lost almost all of their customers. I mean, they they barely make yeah. profits as it is, right? They depend on volume yeah. in order to make any sort of money whatsoever. And suddenly, their volume just plummeted. They rely on extremely narrow profit margins in order to pay the bills. Yeah. Well, the only thing that's saving the ones that are uh, still alive is the fact that the other ones have gone under. Yeah. So the total number of customers is way down. So there's now fewer customers going into fewer restaurants and. There's a few that are able to stay alive as a result of that. I saw a so news far. story today that I find pretty depressing, really. It's the fact it was a story about Domino's and the fact that their stock is up like 30% this year and they're doing so well that they're about to give all of their employees a $1,200 Christmas bonus throughout, I don't know, I think it was something like 30,000 stores. Hmm. Now, meanwhile, Mom and pop places are going out of business all over the country. People yep. out there, I urge you, stop buying corporate food and instead go to your local Indian place. Go mm-hmm. to your local Jamaican place, your Vietnamese place. Keep those people in business, okay? Domino's will be just fine. Papa John's will be just fine. McDonald's will be just fine. But your mom and pop place won't be. 855-450-3733. Maybe we got it backwards because this entire scheme, this entire system, it shut down local businesses and kept Walmarts and CVS and McDonald's and all of these other mega chains, these right. mega corporations open while places that, you know, little stores, little mom and pop stores, little trinket stores, they had to close down because they weren't deemed essential. See, it's safe, it's safe to be inside Walmart. Right. With all of the, yeah, yes, because the ghastly fluorescent lights kills coronavirus, <laughs> right? Nothing makes me despise humanity more than a trip to Walmart, though. I don't go to Walmart under any circumstances. <laughs> I hate that place. It is it is God's, it is proof that God hates us. That's what Walmart is. 855-450-FREE. What if the United States and the Soviet Union had fought on land, sea, air, and the astral plane, struggled for dominion across parallel dimensions or on the surface of the moon? What wonders would have been unveiled? What terrors would have haunted mankind from those dark and dismal dimensions? Come closer, peer through a glass darkly, and discover the horrifying alternative visions of World War III from some of today's greatest minds in science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Weird World War III. Available now from Bain Books at BaneBooks.com. It's Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about anything that's on your mind. 855-450-3733. Evidently, the electors got together yesterday or today or at some point recently, and they cast did their little ceremony thing and said boo boo and therefore Joe Biden is the president-elect. But he seems to think that this means he's the actual president as he has some advisor or something coming out saying, hey, no, no Christmas parties for you. Is that That's correct? Right. Yep. Uh, so I don't know, uh, you know, what, what this guy's going to be taking over when he's finally uh, put in charge, presuming Joe Biden actually ends up taking office. It seems like he's finally going to, I think, now with the electors coming back with the official news. But the Trump true believers, man, <laughs> they think he's going to pull some sort of thing out. At the I have last seen minute. some. I mean, Republicans are not OK regarding no. these election results. I've seen them <laughs> saying things like, by March 2021, Biden's going to surrender to the Chinese government. <laughs> and by summer, they'll be occupied. American soil, it's like, and they'll kill 90% of Americans. Like, dude, not how unhinged are you? Yeah, the Chinese are not the threat. 
Your government is the threat. Joe yeah. Biden is the threat. You should be way more scared of Joe Biden than you are the Chinese government. So according to Reuters, a top coronavirus advisor to Joe Biden dele- delivered a stern holiday message to Americans on Thursday. And you knew this was coming. Oh, of course. They no. did it for Thanksgiving. Yeah. No Christmas parties. And they're going to say the same thing for New Year's. And in fact, there's even another story. Maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow about Times Square. Uh, they're not going to let anybody in. They're going to put a show on. How long has that been going on in Times Square, the gathering there? It must be decades. I don't know how many decades. They're going to break this decades-old tradition? They are. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to have to be told to stay home. They, uh, According to the story here, they are warned that they will face a COVID-19 siege for weeks to come, despite the latest moves towards U.S. government approval of a vaccine. Quote, the next three to six weeks at minimum are COVID weeks, said Michael Osterholm, a member of Biden's Coronavirus Advisory Board, he said to CNN, quote, It won't end after that, but that is the period right now where we could have a surge upon a surge upon a surge. Oh, wow. They're really escalating this fear-mongering yeah. nonsense, right? I can just hear George W. Bush saying weapons of mass, dis- weapons of mass destruction repeatedly yeah. in his speeches. This is the new, the new yeah. version of that. Uh, because the weapons of mass destruction weren't scary to us, right? They were just things being dropped on bomb. Uh, well, but they people. made them sound so yeah. scary. Right? Now there's this is scary for you, supposedly. Surge. surge, it's going to happen. Got to uh-huh. watch out for the surge. Uh, so let's see here. Osterholm stressed it would be several months before the nation sees widespread availability of vaccines, the first of which cleared a U.S. key regulatory hurdle last week. A panel of outside advisors to the Food and Drug Administration voted overwhelmingly to recommend emergency use authorization of a vaccine developed by Pfizer and BioTech, BioNTech SE. FDA approval is expected within days, which happened, as you probably know. Now they're administering this vaccine. They began uh, yesterday, apparently. The advisory panel is due to review a second vaccine from Moderna Incorporated this week. Preparations for the vaccine rollout are in full swing. Now, apparently these vaccines must stay at negative 90 degrees. Did you hear about that? I did not. So they're injecting things into them that are negative 90 degrees? I don't know if they inject them immediately. I don't know what the process is like, but as far as them being stored, they are supposed to be stored at very, very cold temperatures. They say we only have six hours to actually use the vaccine. The vaccines require storage in an ultra-cold freezer unit and must be prepared for injection and given quickly once thought. So they do thaw it out. Uh, Well, that's good because it sounds like it's probably deadly to insert something (laughs) into someone that's negative 90 degrees. And they say we only have six hours to use it. Uh, Nevertheless, he said their sizable quantities of vaccines would not be available to the public at large before March or April. And healthcare workers and nursing home residents are likely to be designated as the first in line for the shots. So, what if they don't want to be first in line? Uh, well, then you don't have to be, I guess. Okay. Uh, they'll, they'll probably fire you if you're like a healthcare oh. worker or whatever. Mm-hmm. He urged Americans to do their utmost to slow the contagion by limiting social interaction to members of their immediate households and, above all, no Christmas parties. And uh, I don't know if you heard, but out in San Francisco, they're telling people they're basically not allowed to like hold hands and kiss people on dates and things like that like it's total restrict yeah i'll have to pull that one up too but uh he said there is not a safe christmas party in this country right now (laughs) no i don't celebrate christmas but i gotta tell you they are making me want Want to to. (laughs) yeah am i enough of a rebel to be a satanist celebrating christmas (laughs) man that's tempting And I'm off work that day, so if I decide to throw a Christmas party, I can, in fact, make that happen. 
you might have a nice new big room on your house <laughs> in which you could throw a Christmas party, actually. I don't know. That's nine days, man. I've seen the way these dudes work. <laughs> <laughs> that might be pushing it by a few months. Could, could be. Uh, you know, th- this is just... The, no, the story is basically just... more just, than usual crap, right? This is just basically generic information about... you know. There's not a whole lot in here about the Christmas party crackdown. They're just saying, don't do it. And then they get into some more of these various restrictions, like curfews that are being put into place... Uh, And then they say here that Biden, who takes office January 20th after defeating Donald Trump in the election, has set a goal of vaccinating 100 million people within the first 100 days of his administration. Yes, and that's why he said that just wear a mask for 100 days. What I would love to see, and I know it's not going to happen, but I would love to see all manner of people at the stroke of midnight January the 1st, 2021, say, yeah, we're leaving this mask crap. We're leaving this social distancing crap in 2020. That'd be we're, great. It's not welcome in 2021. I think all of these attempts to you know, just take off the mask, these attempts to go viral. Mm-hmm. New, Year's Eve, New Year's Eve is probably the best time to do that. Hey, let's leave this crap in 2020. OK, let's make 2021 a different year. So if anyone out there wants to attempt that, I think it would probably be more successful than the ones we've seen so far. England, however, is seeing a surge in coronavirus cases. A surge upon a surge upon a surge. <laughs> at least six surges deep at this surge point. Surge cubed. <laughs> London and its surrounding areas will be placed under Britain's highest level of coronavirus restrictions beginning Wednesday. Now, as- is that the red zone or the purple zone? It's level three in Level England. three. Or, ah, okay. excuse me, Britain. Oh, okay. I like how they're the highest level of coronavirus restrictions. No, they're the highest level of government restrictions. Yeah, freedom restrictions. Starting Wednesday, as infections rise rapidly in the capital, adding that a new variant of the disease, of the disease may be to blame for the spread. Health- infections are rising rapidly, but not deaths. Just infections. Because if it was deaths, they'd say that instead. Yeah. Right? But it's not deaths. No. And we knew that infections were going to rise rapidly during the winter. Anyway. And because more people are being tested. Also true. Yeah. Health Secretary Matt Hancock said the government must take swift action after seeing very sharp exponential rises, or as Biden's man says, surges upon surges upon mm-hmm. surges. He said in some areas, cases are doubling every seven days. The surge. They love that word, dude. The surge of COVID-19 <laughs> cases in southern England may be associated with a new variant of coronavirus. Heck, and let's, re- let's remind everyone here that coronavirus basically <laughs> common cold. So this is a new variant of the common cold because they're not saying it's a new var- variant of COVID-19 or whatever. No, it's, or COVID SARS-2 or whatever it's supposed to be called. Mm. It's just blanket coronavirus, just a blanket cold. We don't know anything else about it. He said officials are assessing the new strand, but stressed there was nothing to suggest it was more likely to cause serious disease or that it wouldn't respond to a vaccine, which is the part where they begin to lose me. Because the whole reason we don't have a disease for the common cold, which, a as disease? we discussed, a cure, you mean? You said a disease I for meant the a vaccine cold. for okay. the common cold. The reason we don't have a vaccine for the common cold, which, as we've discussed, is a coronavirus, mm. is because it mutates and produces too many variants for a vaccine to be worth it. Well, so does the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. SARS-CoV-2 or whatever. Evidently, <laughs> how come a how can a vaccine work for it when it doesn't work for the common cold? I'm confused here, People and I need, just need to believe. I need someone to explain to me the logic and rationality behind this. Don't just uh, tell. Here's we're... the logic and rationality. Somebody wants to make a lot of money. Yes. Somebody in some pharmaceutical companies and their buddies in their po- uh, the pockets of the politicians' world. They want to make some money. 
The medical advice that we have is that this is highly unlikely that this new variant will impinge the vaccine and the impact of the vaccine. Britain started vaccinating people on December the 8th, so a few days before we did, under three tier three restrictions, the toughest in England's three tier system, people can't socialize indoors or at bars, pubs or <laughs> restaurants, and all of those places must close except for takeout. Wow. What an insane world we live in. 855. 855- Talk Live, talk radio that you control, 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. If you're quick, you can still get on the air with us. With you tonight, it's been Aria and... And it's Ian. And I want to say thank you to Rapture, who is tonight's amplifier. He's a silver level amplifier, which means he's a member of the program, donating $5 per month to the amp program. Now, that's, this money helps us to advertise, market, and promote more radio stations. So if you like Free Talk Live, if you like us being on the air, if you want us on the air in your area, the best way to do that, other than calling your station's programming directors and asking them, is to donate to the AMP program. You can find it at amp.freetalklive.com. Thank you, Rapture, so much for your support. We hope you continue amplifying, and we hope you continue listening to the show. Unfortunately, they asked for two weeks, just just two weeks for us to flatten the curve. And then this went on, and there's like, okay, well, we we need a few months. And now they're saying, just give us just, just give us 100 days. But that's all just inconsequential compared to what some of these people are actually saying. Bill great Bill Gates here actually wants us to go even further. <laughs> one of these is playing, and I don't know which one it is. So it's going to take me a minute to identify it because there's always a thousand tabs open here. Right. Yeah. Sorry about that. This is okay. <laughs> Sometimes you can see the little speaker icon. Not, not when they're this tiny, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the uh, the story that we're going to get into is about Bill Gates, who apparently has been speaking in just basically saying that the. Uh, the coronavirus lockdowns and restrictions are going to go through 2022 and that, oh, he's so sorry, but business owners are just going to have to go out of business. It's it's the price they're going to have to pay. Yeah, he so. seems, as someone who is a billionaire, he seems shockingly unconcerned about the results that this is going to have on people's actual daily lives. Yeah. I mean, people are trying to run businesses. They have to make a profit. And he... He's Bill Gates. He doesn't have to, so he doesn't care. Yeah, and I don't know why you know people think that this guy who's basically a you know software programmer who really you know yeah he's successful at that, but that doesn't mean that he knows anything about viruses. I I get that that's his hobby or whatever, but, but everyone's allowed a hobby. That's yeah, that's fine. But to take him as seriously as people do, I just I don't get it. Hey, you found it. I, I think one, so, man. Which one was it? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, here's our expert right Bill Gates. Brand new stay-at-home orders uh, as hospitals there uh, risk being overwhelmed. Um, there are a lot of governors uh, CNN, who oppose bringing back these lockdown orders and forcing businesses cl- to close. What do you think? Do you think more states need to consider taking that kind of drastic action and the kind of drastic action we saw when the pandemic first began? Or can there be a more nuanced approach? Well, certainly mask wearing uh, has essentially no downside. They're not expensive. Yes, it does. It has the downside of destroying your connection to other human beings. It has the, the downside of wiping away expressions 
from people's faces and your ability to understand better what someone is communicating to you through, well, seeing their lips move, number one, uh, but number two, also seeing their, you know, their their lips curling into a smile or frowning at you or whatever other indicators they're giving you of how they're actually feeling. I mean, the big problem with text messaging and messaging on Facebook or whatever is that you can't really convey your expressions as you're doing this. So you, or any you could, subtlety. Yeah, you could convey something. Sarcasm. And, being sarcastic and it would sound completely sincere to the other person right. this is why facial impressive facial expressions are so important in ordinary conversation because you can tell whether or not someone is smiling and joking or whether or not they're being serious right and uh you know it's also just as simple as it blocking sound waves coming out of your mouth i yeah. was at a protest on saturday and two cops came up to a man who was carrying a rifle. He was safely carrying it. It wasn't like, Obviously. you know, at the ready. Um, they probably just had questions about it. They wanted to come up and give him a hard time or oh, whatever. Did they? Uh, well, they would have if he'd let them, but he did. He knew his rights. Course, and he was yeah, like, okay. he didn't. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> and they were like, well, can you get down from there? And he just turned around and ignored them, basically. And we started <laughs> asking them questions because uh, I had my video camera with me. I haven't published the video yet, but it's it should be pretty good. I haven't had a, I haven't even had a chance to review it yet. But uh, this woman, this cop, had a you know black mask on over her mouth, and I could not hear what she was saying. And I was no more than three feet away from her. Mind you, I was not standing directly in front of her. She was speaking at the guy with the gun, but I was directly to her right. So I was in no way a distance from her. I was right there. She could have reached out and touched me, and I couldn't understand what she was saying. No, it wasn't like some BS claim of, on, on my part, like, oh, I can't hear you. Take the mask off. No, it was... I really can't understand you. My camera cannot hear what you are saying. It is frustrating, not to mention the level of people being hard of hearing in one ear or both or just completely deaf in one ear. It's a lot more common than most people realize. Yeah. These people require seeing other people's lips in order to understand what they're saying. Right. I mean, this and now fool. this is totally taken away from this. Say there's no downside yeah. to this is absolutely pure propaganda. False. It's pure propaganda. I mean, it's just like to say well, that there's no downside to just completely obeying everything a government bureaucrat tells you. Well, why aren't people putting on goggles? Fauci said that if they want to go to the max with their protection, they should wear goggles. I've yet to see that happen. Thank God for that, too. Yeah. Bill so, Gates has more words of wisdom, yeah. though. Restaurants in most of the country will be closed as we go into this wave. And I think, what he said. sadly, that's appropriate. Depending on sadly, how severe it is, the decision about schools <laughs> is much more. He said what was going to be closed? Restaurants. He said, oh. Sad sadly, that's appropriate. Restaurants will be closed. So, you know. Well, well, he doesn't care. He's yeah. got someone who cooks for him. He's, yeah, he's probably got two personal chefs, or if not more than that. Uh, but just, you know, to just shrug off, oh, oh sorry, sorry. business owners. We just, just got to let some people yeah, starve. You're I just going to have to go out of business and lose your entire life savings because, you know, somebody might die Like somewhere. a 16-year-old in Maine. Yeah. On how severe it is, the decision about schools is much more complicated because they're you know, the benefits are pretty high. The amount of transmission, the is benefits of the indoctrination. Yeah, that's why they want to keep schools open, right? Because it, the, the only way any of this crap works is, I mean, I mean they've already won in a lot of yeah, re yeah. for a lot of reasons because they do control the school system. I mean, that, right. They're educated to believe in the state because the state is the one educating. But so it's important have to, to have them. That. Right. It's important to have the kids there in their clutches so they can indoctrinate them more effectively. So how can they manage to do that? While also shutting down all of these other places. Well, they just do it. It's arbitrary. It's the government. It'll be completely hypocritical on their part, but that's what they'll do. And people won't care. No. Well, these statists won't care. And restaurants and bars. So uh, 
you know, trade-offs will have to be made. But this, the next four to six months, uh, really call on us uh, to, trade to do our best because we can see that this will end. And you don't sure, want, buddy. you know, somebody you love to be the last to die. Fear, fear, fear. If if one if the if somebody has to be the last person to die for all of this crap to go away, man, that would suck for sure. But I mean, someone will have to be the last person to die before all of this goes away. There will be it's one last away. COVID death. I don't think it's going away either. I mean, they're not, going to keep. It's putting- not going away until people start uh, refusing to obey it, and we're not seeing large enough numbers for that to happen. I'm going to make a prediction here that Brexit will happen before, <laughs> before this, goes, this away. goes away. In other words, this is never going away. <laughs> the coronavirus. When do you think life will fully return to what we thought of as normal back in January? No masks, no social distancing, uh, no other protective measures necessary. He gets a drink. Certainly by the summer, we'll be way closer to normal than we are now. But even through early 2022, unless we help other countries get rid of this disease and we get high vaccination rates in our country, the risk of reintroduction will be there. And of course, the global economy will be uh, slowed down, which hurts America economically in a pretty dramatic way. So he rattles on there for a second, but his answer is basically early 2022 is the earliest. If, if yes, you can get mass in uh, mass inculcation or mass in, uh, vaccination rates around the world. Yeah. So he, basically, what he's saying is, if we don't get enough participation in the vaccine, then this could go on forever. And I don't. Ex- I hope that we don't. Well, I don't want this to go on forever, but I'm not going to get the vaccine, and I don't think you should either. Me? I, you, I have you the, the listener. Yeah, yeah I, you the listener. I would encourage people not to get this because it, whether people want to think about it or not, it has been rushed. And the last time they did this, I think it was the swine flu or the mm-hmm. bird flu or something like that. They panic released a vaccine, and it had just tremendous side effects. It killed people and crippled them, I think. I, I don't remember all the exact, exact details now, but I mean— Vaccines do can and do have side effects. Drugs have oh, yeah. side effects. Well, take the take the mask off. That's the easiest thing you can do right now to prepare yourself, you know, for saying no to a vaccine. You need to start saying no to the mask mandates. Remember, just because the sign says mask required on the store, it doesn't mean that it actually is. You can just say that you have a medical exemption. Yep. And you don't have to tell them what your exemption is. It's none of their business. No, but unfortunately, they can then go, well, this is private property, so you have to they leave. They can, but they, they probably won't. They probably won't. Yeah. I've, I've never had that happen to me with the exception of the bank. One bank. That's the best way to do it. Don't think you're going to resist a vaccine, though, if you haven't even attempted to resist the masks. This has been Free Talk Live. We told you this would happen back in January. FreeTalkLive.com. Remember when you first heard about Bitcoin? How long did it take you to realize... This little project would soon change the world. Do you kind of wish you had gotten involved sooner? Well, now is your chance to be part of the next revolution in money. Intercoin is working to finally make crypto go mainstream. It's designed to be scalable enough to support everyday payments and even elections without the state. Bitcoin was originally supposed to be a peer-to-peer cash system, the way we would all pay one another without having to trust any third party. But instead, over time, it mostly became a store of value. That's because every 10 minutes, the Bitcoin network must put all transactions into a block. And that block can only hold so much. If crypto is to become mainstream, for everyone to use it in everyday payments, we need a new architecture. 
one that's as secure as Bitcoin while being far more scalable. Check out intercoin.org to find out more and maybe pick up some of those coins for yourself.